The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you for the wonderful introduction, and good morning, all. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show. Today is July 25th, 2021, and here are the topics that will be discussed on this week's edition, right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly, and I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. Hello. Hello. We love our President Trump. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. USA. USA. That was phenomenal. It was great. Party legal. It was great. That was the, one of the greatest experiences of my life. I will, I will never forget that. It was wonderful. Look from serving on the January 6th Select Committee to investigate the Capitol insurrection. And now, the House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, is threatening to pull all of his appointees. The, the battle, I guess, was just different. Like, everybody, we fought physical fights, and we were emotionally tested. Um, but to have racism rear its ugly head in there, that... While the fight was happening, I didn't process it while it was happening. So once you, it's all over and you're attempting to put together in your mind what happened, yeah. you're faced with, wow, we really were, that called the N-word. Like, it, it's, a, it's a different matter. It's a lot more to unpack than just oh, the, the actual physical trauma we endured. Online radio at its best. The Bible says that if there's any unforgiveness, that it should be dealt with before praying. Therefore, we release any anger, bad feelings, resentment, or any other wrong attitude before you now. We lay it at your feet and we release and forgive those who have wronged us. When we come into agreement and lift up the listener to you. Father, thank you for this new day for the listener. This is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Together we ask for wisdom, revelation, and understanding for the listener for the things they will face today in Jesus' name. We speak strength and peace over them in the name of Jesus. We call them charged up to take on the tasks they will face today. Help them to walk in love with those they come across. May they look at the world through eyes filled with the God kind of love. Help them to be patient and kind. Help them to be gentle and humble, seeing others as you see them. Help them to watch their tongue in Jesus' name. May the words the listener speaks today be wrapped in love and lift up the person they are directed towards. Right now we cast down every thought of fear and worry. We declare that thoughts that are pleasant in your sight, Lord, fill the mind of the listener today in Jesus' name. When they submit to you and resist the devil, he will flee. Help the listener to be a light in this dark world. May others see Jesus in how they speak and the actions they make. 
all the praise and glory to you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Four seven eight five zero one two seven two is that call in number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. At its best, like I said, I'm Jay Rouse. Thanks for allowing us in your home every Sunday, but I never share the space by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the very best in the business. Vanessa May, Belly and the Macinelli's in the house. The smooth brother from the Carolinas, Mr. Johnny D, is in the place to be. And, of course, the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side. The one and only Mr. L.E.S. is in the building as well. Good morning. Welcome one. Welcome all. Vanessa, late night, huh? But glad you made it. Good morning, my dear. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. I'm good. You sure? Exactly. You don't sound good. <laughs> like you just woke up. <laughs> Sleepy, but I'm here because I got to go to church. Of course. Well, how I are you doing you. on this beautiful uh, Sunday? It's a beautiful day in Houston. It really is. I just got up. Uh, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous day here. I haven't seen any rain in two or three days. And I'm just, I mean, it's just gorgeous. Well, I'm glad you're in the house. Thank you so much for being here. And when you sent that text last night, I'm like, are you serious? I was still up doing production stuff. I'm like, that's an every that's every Saturday for me. Come on. You got a you got a woman up, Vanessa. Okay. I'm getting old and I ain't okay. trying to stay up and out. By the time you get home at one o'clock in the morning and get cleaned up to go to bed at two o'clock in the morning. And then get right back up. It's like child, and then go to church, and then I got a party after church. It's just a busy weekend. It is. Oh, no, so I'm about right. to come out of church, eat, take a nap, and then go to another party. She said, "Eat and take a nap." <laughs> well, listen, we're glad you're here. Thank you so much for being here. All right, my brother from another mother, Mr. Johnny T, in the place to be. Good morning, my man. How are you, sir? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I am truly blessed um i'm glad i didn't have the night that miss vanessa had because uh, <laughs> that the first utterance of, of of her lovely voice this morning wasn't quite what i was expecting to hear so <laughs> but but, but miss vanessa you you recoup well you recoup well but uh in, in all sincerity i i am just glad to be back uh with the crew, uh, Miss Vanessa, missed you last week. Um, Jay certainly missed you less. And to all that may have been part of the contributors in the show last week, uh, to those who allow us an opportunity to come into their homes each week, uh, certainly, certainly had thoughts and prayers for you all. And I thought uh, the yeah, prayer this morning was most appropriate when you when you talked about the. Uh, the listeners, uh, Jay, like I said, I thought that was most appropriate, as all of them are each week. Uh, whenever you can uplift the the name and the word of, of, of God, the word and the bread of life, then I think that's a, that's a good thing. So, you know, looking forward to um, being a part and participating as much as I can. I've been on a on a two week media sabbatical, so oh, I've wow. just been preparing for some things at work. And um, that that took a great deal from me. So uh, 
I'll do the best that I can to stay up on the current topics. But like I say, uh, you know, throughout the night and uh, just the last couple of weeks, I have been somewhat disconnected from news sources. So I'm, I'm kind of oblivious to, to the world activities, but uh, I will give it a go. Hey, listen, man, let me tell you something. The concept of the show, sitting down at the barbershop, you get that haircut, so I know you can participate in conversations, brother. Always appreciate you and what you bring to the table. The man that gives the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning to you, my brother. And uh, good morning, Nessa. Uh, good morning, with sister. Uh, good morning, Momo B. Uh, good morning, uh, Mary and the Music. Uh, Good morning, Kathleen Williams, and good morning, my brother Hawk, and good morning, my brother Jerome. All right, that's everybody. Every week, Mr. Elias is spreading COVID. All right, three, four, seven, eight, five. Oh, not me, my brother. Not me. <laughs> Kissing everybody on the mouth every show. All right, three, four, seven, eight, five, oh, one, two, seven, two. It is the serious side, and as we always do, take a few minutes. Uh, we call it personal privilege to chop it up amongst ourselves. Now, I see that Jackie. Is in the queue, man. Is she on her way to church? Should we bring her in, or what's going on there? Yeah, she's on her way to church, so yeah, you can bring her in. Yep. Well, okay. Well, let's bring in Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. I guess you're here to say good morning to her. Oh, my God. Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. Good morning. Good, good morning. How's everybody doing? Doing well. Yeah. train. Everybody yeah. said hello. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm letting you know I'm, I can hang until about 10.30 your time So I'm letting you know that Okay, alright Well I'll tell you what we'll do We're going to allow you to mute yourself Because it is a lot of background noise So you can handle that When you're ready to talk you can unmute it We'll leave your mic open Alright, so uh, a lot to get into this morning uh, First of all, let, let me say this I am broadcasting from a different location Because of some technical difficulties that uh, I experienced. So uh, forgive me if uh, there are some, if the audio is not quite right because I had to do an emergency. And that's uh, my internet went down, and I'm like, oh my goodness, what the heck's going on around here? So I'm at a neighbor's uh, place, and so uh, he was clear. fortunate enough. Clear. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. I want to say what's up to Vern for allowing me to uh, occupy his space. Thank you, my brother from another mother. I love you, and of course, I want to say good morning to Tori. How are you doing listening in this morning? All right, so uh, anything y'all want to chop up before we get into the show? Because I don't have anything. It's just so much going on. Anything? Hold on. Didn't somebody die this week, Mr. Elias? Who died this week? Anybody? I'm yeah, not we sure, know. Jay. Okay, I'm I'll just sure. say, I know we usually chop it up. I'm thinking somebody, something happened. All right, so uh, let's chop it up. Somebody, come on, John. Uh, you dealing with something? Talk to me, man. We have a few minutes, or we can get straight to the show. It's y'all call. It's our time. We can do with it as we please. What? Well, you know what, Jay? It's always <laughs> it's always something to talk about. But uh, I, I guess if, if if I had to say any one thing that I'm somewhat uh, informed of is just the fact that the Olympics have started this week here. So it'll it'll make for some fun television uh, as as the gymnastics and track and field and uh, not too much into the basketball, but they're not doing well though. They're not doing well. So, uh, you know, that's, that, that's a topic, you know, as, as the European players and the other players around the world are getting better 
at what they do and the team yeah. concept of it, you know, I guess, you know, that individual one-on-one that you learn in the parks and on the playgrounds of these big cities and rural areas in America is kind of catching up. So, you know, it, it's, it's amazing from what, what has occurred since 1992 until today, you know. Well, you know what, though, just to comment on that, because uh, Mr. Elias and I talk about this, we're from the 219. And, you know, one of the things, that's always been around. You know, we would always have a team that could run you out to gym, but you play these white schools, hey, not being racist, but they were more uh, technically and tactically prepared. And so they ran plays while we were just trying to run everybody off the court. But, in, in you know, in regards to what's happening with the Olympic teams, the NBA is such a global sport. Most of those guys play for NBA teams. So I don't think it's that much of a surprise versus the 1992 when the game just be- began, Mr. Elias, to become global. Now you have some of the biggest names in the NBA are foreign players. Look at the Greek freak, for example. Just won an yeah. NBA championship. Yeah. Congratulations to the Bucks. What say you, Mr. Elias, in the two minutes we have left? Well, you know, you're absolutely right. Jake is more, Jay is more of a global game right now. But, you know, still... I still think we got the best players in the world. You're talking about players being sprinkled out, all out. And, you know, I don't think we have our best players out there. Like, you know, if we put together a, a, a team like the 92 Dream Team, uh, where you had all the All-Stars on the dang on team except for Christian Leitner, then, yeah, it would be a different story, <laughs> you know. I had to throw some shade at Christian Leitner. Okay, man, we're going to leave it at that. He was a, he was a college kid. Well, Shaq should have been on the team. Shaq should have been on the team. I I agree with you. Everybody said Shaq should have been on that team instead of Christian Leitner. I'm not sure how that happened either, but you know it is what it is. Okay, fine. All right, we're going to leave it there. All right, 14 minutes after the hour, it is time for an NPR News update. We have a lot to talk about this morning. It's the serious side right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best. We'll be right back. Time to get you caught up, up to date. NPR News right now coming at you. Live from NPR News, I'm Janine Hurst. Extreme drought and high temperatures continue to fan some 80 wildfires burning in 11 states. Out-of-state fire crews are heading to Montana to battle the Devil's Creek blaze near the town of Jordan after five federal firefighters were injured. But progress is being made on the nation's largest blaze, the bootleg fire in Oregon, but it is still less than half contained. In California, the Tamarack Fire south of Lake Tahoe has burned about 90 square miles. Hesikens with the Fire Incident Command says they made progress today along Highway 395. Really good day in there. We had the right amount of resources, ground resources as well as aircraft to really get aggressive here and was able to go direct uh, to a certain point here. So a lot of really good progress on the west side of the fire. A state of emergency has been declared in four northern counties. In South Florida, operations at the site of the Surfside condo collapse is shifting as the search for victims officially ends. And here's Amy Held reports, crews are now focused on finding evidence that could shed light on why the building suddenly came down a month ago. The Miami-Dade Police Department is taking over, classifying the site as a crime scene. Federal engineers have been deployed to gather evidence to determine how and why the building collapsed as residents inside slept. Nearly three years after major structural damage to the building was flagged, this phase of the investigation is expected to be slow and complex. On Friday, firefighters ended their exhaustive search operation. Working 12-hour shifts and camping out at the site, 
Miami-Dade Fire Rescue Chief Alan Kaminsky. What we just encountered this past 30 days just represents what we are and who we are. Rescuers searching tons of collapsed steel and concrete located 97 people who died. One more remains missing. Amy Held, NPR News. At the Tokyo Olympics, China snagged the first gold medal of the Games. And here's Leila Favel reports Yang Chen won the women's 10-meter rifle competition. She took the first medal in the global sports competition that's been mired in controversy due to the challenges and expenses of putting on the global sports competition in the midst of a pandemic. And even as the competitions move ahead, COVID-19 remains a wild card as some matches are rescheduled. Today, one was canceled altogether because of a positive coronavirus case. The first Olympic beach volleyball tournament didn't happen because the Czech player tested positive earlier this week. So the Japanese duo Megumi Murakami and Miki Ishii advanced by default. Leila Falden, NPR News, Tokyo. The U.S. has also medaled at the Olympics in Tokyo. American Chase Kalish has won the gold medal in the men's 400-meter individual medley. That's the first gold for the United States. And his teammate, American Jay Litherland, took the silver medal. You're listening to NPR News. Moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Online radio at its best. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain-of-function. What was, let me finish. Take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans. You're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272. 19 minutes after the hour, you're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show. Dr. Anthony Fauci and uh, Senator Ryan Paul got into another heated exchange at a Senate hearing over Dr. Fauci's past testimony over gain-of-function research. Now, the two have spawned in the past. And so it brings us to a very interesting topic, something that everyone's dealing with. Let's start right there this morning. And we're talking about the coronavirus. We have so many situations where people are putting out false information. And this is just an example of an idiot challenging a professional doctor who have served at least seven or eight presidents 
and this is let's start right there, Mr. Elias. Man, when we sit here and listen to this and watch this go back and forth, you know, the country is experiencing at least parts of the country they are experiencing a spike in coronavirus, and so you have this idiot sitting in Congress challenging Dr. Fauci. You have people who are actually listening to these fools. Mr. Elias, man, just give me your thoughts on what's going on there. Let's talk about this new uh, uh, hybrid virus that's out there because I'm telling you something, man. I'm starting to think I need to start wearing my mask again. What say you? Well, Jay, uh, and, 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 uh, and inside, and when I'm inside, I always put my mask on. Man. I just, that's just something I, if I go into a store, if I go anywhere like that, if I'm around my family that, that, that has been vaccinated, and uh, uh, everybody's, you know, been vaccinated, and I don't worry about it. But yeah, if if, if, if I'm inside a store or something like that, I I keep my mask on because you know you don't never know. And, and you know, and, and you know, they did say people that have been vaccinated, you're only ninety five percent, you know, safe. You know, bottom line. But right now they're saying ninety nine percent of the people that are going to the hospital. And dying from it are, 90, are, are people that have not have been vaccinated. So, you know, when, when I think about Fauci and and Rand Paul, when Rand Paul can sit in the Senate and tell the truth about what happened on January 6th, then he got something to talk about. But until that time, I, whatever the Republicans say to me, it falls on deaf ears right now. It does because they don't they do nothing but lie. When they can tell me that they're not trying to suppress the vote. You know, come out honestly and say, "Well, look, we 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 can't win the other way." You know, just like their lawyer said, and suppress the vote. This is what we're trying to do so we can win elections. Then I'll uh, I'll start listening to him. But until that time, Rand Paul can kick rocks. You know, it's interesting you say that because Rand Paul, really, I mean, this is the guy. Remember when the coronavirus was really running rampant, Vanessa? He refused to wear his mask while he worked out in the Senate gym. He's been one of these non-believers. And people like this is the reason why folks are dying across America. What say you? I say that there are four states that's passing um, that's got the COVID back on the chart, and Texas and Missouri City is one of them. Not Missouri City, Texas, but Missouri is one of them. So you know what? These people like um, Sarah Huckabee, who got up there this morning, and I was looking at her talking about she's running mm-hmm. for governor or whatever, and she's not going to mandate any laws about masks mm-hmm. or make stores, allow stores to do this. All that is insane because we still, Bobby and I, wear our masks when we are around people that we don't know if they're vaccinated or not. And I know my family thinks that I'm a snob because my sister's side of the family, her stepchildren, his children, all of that, there ain't none of them vaccinated, and Bobby and I have not went to one, not one single family event, not even outside, because then they'd be up in your face. Even if they outside, they all want to come and run and give you a hug and stuff. Ain't none of them vaccinated, and I'm just not mm. doing it. So, uh, no, it ain't going to happen. I've been to any family event, none, because they're not vaccinated, and I don't care if you're outside. But they said, you can be outside, and it's okay. But if people are in your face talking to you, and if people are running up to you, hugging you, I'd be trying to hurry up and get my mask on. I normally have it around my neck, and then I pull it up. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm still being funny. I'm, I'm serious. I'm, you know, oh, I have boy. serious upper respiratory. 
I don't have time exactly. to play with these people who are scared, are not scared. They're not scared of this virus. These youngsters are not afraid. And Delta is now in Houston area. Oh, please. Every time me and Bobby go somewhere, we have alcohol wipes and wipe the table and stuff before we even, and I can care less what these people look, especially the white people look at us when we do that. They can all go to hell. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Vanessa. You know, Johnny. Oh, yeah, that's know, how I really feel. <laughs> we know. So, 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 Johnny, when you look at the states where the de- the Delta variant is really starting to uh, really increase, they're all Republican-led states. Most of the people who are dying right now are people who are unvaccinated. What I can't understand is how Donald Trump and his minions has turned this into a political situation, a political football. I mean. Your kids can't go to school unless they're vaccinated. But Donald Trump has managed to create this divide in America where people are dying because of nonsense. Give me your thoughts on this. You know, it it just continues to, to amaze me how public health has been politicized and you know, nationally, you've got 3 million people that have succumbed to the virus and met their demise. And, and you still have people constantly um, becoming sick with the Delta variant. And and then to get this, this Rand Paul to, to challenge, uh, if not the, the most prominent uh, health care provider in infectious disease, one of one of them, um, I know my primary physician um, stated that he had uh, been an admirer and had actually gone to a seminar way back when, when he when he became a physician uh, and a, well, a doctor. And she, and this was in the early part of 2020 when I was constantly doing research trying to validate, you know, those who were coming before us with this information because it was so much distorted information from that criminal that was in the White House and anyone that he had associated with, I had my skepticism. So when you start right. seeing the the admiration in the field from Dr. Fauci, not the others, okay, but Dr. Fauci seemed to always elevate himself above the skepticism and right. falsehoods that was being promoted at that time. So to think that here here we are more than, well, about 18 months uh, after the real core of the pandemic hit, and you've got mm-hmm. a senator who's questioning a you know the the top uh, infectious d- disease control uh, physician in in probably the world, and questioning him about funding what what Dr. Fauci has said all along, uh, you know, several months ago that this was like a peer review. You know, you you we understand that you have to do these type of tests. In the lab now, I'm not condoning because I don't know enough about the the dynamics of the test to set back and say that it wasn't deliberate. But whatever it is, it's still killing folks and it's still killing people. And for right. the, these the, these these uh, Republican governors, although I was surprised at the young lady from Alabama, uh, how yeah. she was, she basically came out and was like, okay, you know, the ones that's not vaccinated, we gonna blame y'all. So that was a that, yeah. was, that was a twist that was that a turn was and and you know it, it really was and and I would like to believe that more 
would come out. Um, this morning I was looking at Jake Tapper and Ohio governor. He came out and, you know, he, he didn't necessarily, you know, you know, jump up and down and say, okay, you know, that this is a, a Republican Democrat thing, but he did talk about, you know, we have to make a stronger effort towards getting people to get vaccinated, not necessarily the mask, but to get vaccinated. So we, we in a real, a real crisis, you know, when, when I, as I went the summer and, and traveled from state to state, it just amazed me at, at the lack of mitigation that was going on, you know, um, and, and it's scary. Now, like today, again, like I say, I, you know, I, I, I've, I've got younger children and they go into school and they have to get certain shots before they go to school. And I can't understand how that you don't have parents jumping up for this, but yet when you say the coronavirus and getting this vaccination, now it's an issue. And for forever, forever, there have been mandatory shots that and inoculations that have to be done. And, you know, it, it's just amazing me how, how this people's public health can be politicized. And I, I really would like to, to see um, – the, the residuals in the 2020 uh, midterms and then again right. in 2024, where all of these individuals that's denying the fact that this is a public health issue, um, and it'll continue as long as you take those sentiments and, and you pit people against one another. And then the same ones are generally the ones who are denying the fact that January 6th was a coup. The only way that we're going to be able to address that is, is, is what Brother Les says every time, get out and vote. And if you, if, if, if you have any, any, any common decency about yourself and any truth to yourself, then, you know, the, the, your vote will reflect that the Rand Pauls will be part and etched in history, and they won't continuously be the future of Americans' political landscape. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's uh, the bottom of the hour, right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Let's bring in the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit, is here. Good morning, Jerome. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing good, brother. Appreciate you being in the house. Good morning, Jerome. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Les. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning, How you good doing, morning, man? Good morning. All right. Oh, did I forget Vanessa? <laughs> Vanessa's there. Good morning, yeah, Vanessa. Vanessa if I missed her. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. She's in the house. All right, so let's continue the conversation because here's the thing that's so funny uh, about this whole thing, the Republican argument. Now, in fairness, Republicans, you're seeing a lot of Republicans coming out and saying you need to get vaccinated. Christ's sake, even Sean Hannity is pushing it now, uh, because I guess at some point in time you have to stop with this nonsense, because it's going to affect people in your family if you don't promote the promote the word. If you have a platform, then you need to be responsible and put out the right information. But but let's let's back up here a little bit, Jerome. The Republicans are now. Their, their, their cry on this is, well, you know, the government can't tell me what to do with my body. Now that's what they're saying. But then, turn around, they'll come right back and try to pass legislation tell a woman what to do with her body. It's like they talk out of both sides of their neck. We don't want the government telling us what to put in our body, but oh, by the way, females, we're going to tell you what you can and cannot do with your body. It's just hip- it's hypocritical, man. It really and truly is. What say you, Jerome? 
Well, of course, I agree with that. I I don't know why. Um, this is a difficult conversation for me because it's just maddening, right? You you look at um, just anything that the Republicans are doing. Like they wanna they want to have an investigation on where the coronavirus came from, but they don't want to investigate why they had an insurrection. It doesn't make sense. Either you want to have oversight or you don't. Um, and they will want an investigation on Benghazi and not want an investigation on something that actually matters. And so what do you say to stuff like that? It's maddening. It's maddening to keep having conversations about the same thing where they get to dictate what subjects that you're talking about, right? So, I'm, you know, I'm always totally against that. I think that sometimes intelligence tells us that when your kid tries to change the subject, when you say, um, you know, who ate this orange, and they're like, you know what, my foot hurts, and they change the subject, you don't fall for that with your kids. I don't know why we fall for that with Republicans. You know, and also, what's, my, what's the guy's name? Oh, Hannity. I think he tried to take that back. He tried to take it back and say, you know what, um, I didn't say that people should get vaccinated. So oh, did he? what okay. they do if they say, huh? Also, oh, I didn't know he had tried to retract that. Okay. Yeah, he did. So they, they'll wow. do that because they want to go on the record and say, yeah, I said get it. And then when they go out amongst their people, they want to say, no, I didn't say that. So they say it both mm. ways, and we let them off the hook. Yeah. Right? Where – you know, again, a black person can say something one time or make it look like it's something, and we will lose our minds, right? Like, you know, and I'll just, just in a witty, this only example that popped in my head, but it's just like that whole Cosby thing. Cosby said, oh, yeah, I got stuff to give the girls to sleep with them. Everybody heard in that he drugged people. Like, it's like, why are you reading into that? You know, people bought drinks at bars to get a girl's phone number, but you don't think anything of that? Of course guys always do that. They get nice cars to attract women. Like, guys do that. That doesn't mean that somebody did something else. But we'll read into that if a black person does it. White folks, the complete opposite. They will say both things, and people will take what they want to hear. And it's weird to me. I, I mean, I just don't understand how our psyche works that way. But so the Republicans or Fox News in particular will do that all day. They'll say, hey, you know, you shouldn't do this. And then they'll say, well, the news side said that you should. And then the commentary side said you shouldn't. Well, you're playing both sides of the fence. And now we have to sit here and talk about it. It's maddening. It really and truly is maddening. And uh, once again, when you when you talk about uh, this variant and the fact that it's stronger. Uh, you have a lot of Republican states who are uh, really falling behind the curve when it comes to vaccinations. Uh, you have those idiots on Fox, Fox News who's spreading these lies. You had the former president just, I think, yesterday stood on stage and said some stupid. And, you know, it's so hard not to just curse when I start talking about these people. And I'm going to really have to bite my tongue later on in the show because Tucker Carlson said something about a Capitol Police, black Capitol Police officer, and it's going to take everything in my power not to call him what he really and truly is. And I'm praying every segment, Pastor, between every segment, I'm praying that I don't curse and lose my mind because I am so livid at some of the things that this 
Don't worry, I got you. You can channel me. You can channel well, me. You can channel me. Well, you know, you curse all the time. Me. I so, got you know, that's what you do. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Calm down. Yeah, calm yeah. Down. Yep. I'm okay. good with it. I'm good with it. <laughs> I bet you you are. Okay, so, Jackie, uh, California, um, I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, are they requiring people to wear masks when they go into restaurants? I mean, is it that bad where they're saying, look, we need to start putting restrictions in place again? Tell us since you're out there on the West Coast. Yeah, there uh, is some places that are requiring you to, you know, be masked up indoors again. See, my issue is these these people really don't know. They playing it by ear, and and they're gonna play us along with it. Now, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna stay masked up because I I made the decision to not be vaccinated because it's it's just too much fubu foo going on with all this i mean why are they trying to pressure force bribe people into this vaccine that's 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 a problem force bribe pressuring people to get vaccinated that's a problem let me ask you and a question, I don't Jackie, so, well let me ask you because i want to i'm glad you brought that up because you know we've yeah, been I, talking I, about I, folks who don't get vaccinated. So I, I'm curious as to now your reasonings for not being vaccinated is because you feel they're trying to force bribe. Do you think there's some type of something, some undercurrent uh, objective that the government, why are you not getting vac- vaccinated? Because I, I, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. And it's too much change from God. one week to the next. One week for the next is something different. I'd rather be masked up. I'd rather just do the mask and do the COVID test. I'm good. Because I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to, if I don't have to take the vaccine, I prefer not to take it. Because I don't know what's in that vaccine. I don't know what's in that. I don't know what's in none of it. You see, never mind COVID. I don't know what's in that vaccine that they're trying to force down our throats. Well, okay. Let me ask you this then. And Vanessa, I heard you say something. I definitely want you to, to, to respond. Let me ask you this. Do you take aspirin for a headache? Jackie? Well, well, do we do we really know what's in that either? We take chances but, but, with anything. Okay, that's my yeah, point. So do, but do you take aspirin for a headache? Well, actually, something else because I'm allergic to aspirin. But I, I get your point. But I don't care. I'm, I'm really seeing. I'm at the. I'm at the point where I'm trying not to deal with medications. I'm really okay. trying to cut. I'm really trying to focus on doing more natural stuff, and I'm really trying to leave all medications alone. So that's okay. where I'm well, at. I mean, okay. I mean, fair enough. Uh, Vanessa, I heard you uh, try to make a comment while she was speaking. Go ahead. I, the floor is yours. Woo! All right, Lord. Give me the word. So, Jackie, being a Christian and going to church. I'm through, baby. Going to going to church, um, and, and you believe in God and you can't see him because he's invisible. But you can't believe that he's going to take care of you and guide you to whichever vaccine is right for Jackie. So 
my pastor has been preaching this for two months, if not longer, about people who go everywhere else and do everything else, but they're not coming to church because they feel like they don't want to be around people that are not vaccinated. But my deal is, and his deal is, and everybody else is really in the church that's coming, is saying, if you believe in God and you pray about it before you even go take the back, how are these people calling themselves strong, strong Christians if they can't pray, God, tell me which vaccine to take, cover me in the blood with it, help me to be strong and not sick and have side effects, Why do the prayers? Why go to church? Why believe in God? But you can't believe that God's going to take care of you with that vaccine. I don't understand. To me, it is hypocritical that you believe in God, but you can't. But you can't. But but you can't pray and ask God. You ask Him for everything else. People ask Him for money. People ask Him, "Can you help me pay a bill? Can you do this? Why can't you?" Okay. Well. But, but I'm I'm praying. Yeah, I believe in God, and that's why I'm not taking it. Okay, I believe in God, and that's why I'm not taking it. That works. That works two ways. That works two ways. Look, I ain't mad. I ain't mad at those who want to take it, but my my faith is going in the other direction. I believe God, therefore, I'm not going to take it. So, and I can't right. argue with anybody who tells me that God told them not to take it. So, okay, Jackie. All right. Well, I guess we'll leave it right there. Wow. All right. 347-850-1272. Wow. What an interesting first set. Wow. Well, you know what time it is if you listen to this show. It is convener time. And four minutes or less, something that you need to know. Texas already has some of the strictest voting laws in the country. And the state's Republicans are trying to make them even tougher. Most of the state's Democratic lawmakers are flown to Washington, D.C. to prevent a vote on legislation they call voter suppression. You know, we're going to keep an eye on this because we want to make sure the public understands exactly what the hell the Republicans are doing. It's time for this week's edition of... In four minutes or less, something that you need to know, a.k.a. Kavina time. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ross Show right here on the Teaching RS Radio Network, online radio at its best. has some of the strictest voting laws in the country. And now Republicans there are trying to make those laws even tougher. Most of the state's Democratic lawmakers have flown to Washington, D.C. to prevent a vote on legislation they call voter suppression. Houston Public Media's Andrew Schneider spoke with voters who use the methods that Republicans are trying now to ban. Last year, Harris County introduced an array of voting innovations to make it easier and safer to vote during the presidential elections. They included drive-through voting, expanded voting hours with one day of 24-hour voting, and sending out mail-in ballot applications to all eligible voters. Joy Davis is a stay-at-home mom. She voted in a drive-through location on the east side of Houston. Oh, it was amazing. It was so convenient. It, I felt safe because it was at the highlight of the pandemic before um, I was able to get any vaccinations. Almost immediately, Republicans sued to block the innovations. One suit would have thrown out roughly 127,000 ballots cast at drive-through locations. 
and it was horrifying. It felt as if I was going to be disenfranchised as a voter. That suit ultimately failed, though one banning the mass mailing of mail-in ballot applications succeeded. In the end, Harris County had its highest voter turnout rate in almost 30 years. The county has been trending Democratic, but for the most part, local Republicans held their seats. Donald Trump carried Texas by fewer than six points. Republicans soon responded with proposals to change the state's election laws. The alleged reason was to prevent fraud, even though Governor Greg Abbott, who called for the legislation, admitted he knew of no significant fraud in 2020. Jason Oliver used a drive-through voting site at the Toyota Center in downtown Houston. So it definitely seems directed at Harris County's efforts to expand opportunities for people to vote, shutting down or reducing people's access to the mail-in ballot, uh, reducing access to drive-through voting. And banning 24-hour voting. James Lamas participated in a 30-person midnight bike ride from Midtown Houston to NRG Park on the city's south side. He voted around 1 a.m., not because he had to, but because he wanted to support shift workers who couldn't vote during regular daytime hours. I mean, I don't see any legitimate security concern with letting people vote at, at one hour versus another. I mean, it was the same, same process, same protocol at the polling location at midnight as there would be at noon. Texas House Democrats have broken quorum twice in order to prevent passage of voting restrictions. Once at the end of the regular legislative session and now in the special session. Maria Benzon, an assistant principal who used drive-through voting in Bel Air, says she's proud of those lawmakers. Sometimes you need to shake up the system for people to be made aware of what's going on. And what's going on in our state, what the governor, what the governor is trying to do, it's so wrong. Governor Abbott and House Speaker Dade Phelan are demanding Democratic lawmakers return from Washington, D.C. to do their jobs. But hospital worker Sidlenthia Horde, who used drive-through voting at Houston's NRG Park, says that's just what they're doing by staying away. You represent the people. You do what the people want you to do. And in their districts, we don't want this. Still, it's uncertain how long Democratic lawmakers can sustain their walkout. Governor Abbott says he'll continue to call one special session after another until the voting legislation is passed. For NPR News, I'm Andrew Schneider in Houston. America is starting to breathe again. A decent man as president. A plan to protect us. It feels almost normal, but it's not. Republicans still will not admit that President Biden was legally elected, which means they don't believe in democracy. They believe an election is only legitimate if they win. That's not democracy. Their plan? Pass voter suppression bills to block minorities from voting. Take back Congress. Impeach President Biden. We refuse. We refuse to accept the end of the American experiment. We refuse to allow anti-democratic autocrats to steal our country. We choose to fight, and we will not lose. Join us. Online radio at its best. Hello. Hello. 
We love our President Trump. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. USA. It was great. That was the, one of the greatest experiences of my life. I will, I will never forget that. It was wonderful, man. It was beautiful. Absolutely. Look at all these uh, Uncle Pops, right? Free-thinking blacks. It was fantastic. It was amazing. It's such an honor to have been able to get there and even see the president in person. It was uh, amazing. I just met the president, man. He told me I was the flyest guy in the room. It's an honor. Thank you. You know, they didn't think I would be here, guy from the streets in the White House. I never would think I'd be one of the first in my family to be invited to the White House as a black man. You know, not too many people get to that much black family. You know, so it's good that that actually happened. You know, I made history in my family. Amazing experience. Lots of regular Americans getting in there, having an opportunity to share laughs with the President of the United States. It was a great experience. I shook his hand. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's forty eight minutes after the hour, or AKA twelve minutes before the top of the hour. Listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse show. Uh, that was a group of Black Republicans leaving the White House after visiting Donald Trump back in August of twenty twenty. The Black Republican. Why would any person of color? be a Republican. Let's start the conversation off right there. Um, let me start off with you, Vanessa, um, and let me ask you the question on the surface. Why would anyone of color be a Republican? Based on all the things that this party continues to try to do <laughs> against folks who look like us and, and speak like us. I, I mean, I am just baffled. And I said to myself, you know what, today we're going to talk about it. Why would anyone of color be a a Republican. Can you think of any reason why? <laughs> Some people have accused you of being an undercover Republican, but I digress. Go ahead. <laughs> they have. They have, and I'm not. Um, I'm not a Republican. I just have some Republican views. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why somebody would go in there Okay, so the last time people voted Republican for Trump was because I was, you know, talk to different people and they thought that Trump or the kind of companies that they worked for. Uh, so, you know, and the wives was like, I'm going to vote wherever my husband can't me to vote because they like winning my little wives. But uh, I don't know why anybody black this day and time, it's funny, that's actually a funny question, would vote Republican when they're trying to take all of your rights away. When I woke up and I was looking at MSNBC and they were talking about oh, women with abortions and all the Republicans are against that, but then you're going to tell me it's your right not to take a COVID vaccine. You know, that is just ludicrous to me. So I just sit back and, and I told Bobby, you watch. These kids are going to wake up and all of their rights are going to be stripped away. Texas is going to be one of these states. They couldn't even talk about the Ku Klux Klan in school no more. So Texas is going to, man, some move to Texas. This is going to be one of these kind of states where if you say something to a white person, they're going to try to drag your ass behind a truck like they did in, in Jasper. So, you know, I, baby, I have no idea why somebody would vote not, Republican. Not Mr. Elias. He, he has too many guns. <laughs> they're not going to mess with him. He has too many guns. Go ahead, Vanessa. That's true. That's true. But you know what? I just can't, I can't think of why anybody in Texas would vote Republican and they were black. I, they shouldn't tell me that because I would really ask a lot of questions. 
I think that's the same. But better yet, let's turn, let's reverse the table. Why would you be black and tech and not vote? How about that? How about all these ignorant people that don't vote? Hello? My family got people in the family that don't vote. Yeah, that's why I'm fooled with a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Don't vote. So, well, Jay, for some reason, Jay dropped vote. out. Jay, 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 Jay's phone call dropped. So, for some reason, he dropped out. But, you know, okay, so my, so I get what, what you're saying. Family, family, so, yeah, I get I what you're saying. I do. Vote. Right? You know, so some trust me. I got... I got a godson who says, what's the use in, what's the use in voting because my vote don't count? Well, I keep asking, so if your vote don't count, son, why are they, why are they trying to take away uh, your right to vote? And he keeps telling me, well, okay. how are they trying to do that? And I, I said, do you read or do you know any, do you, do you check anything with the no. voter suppression laws? And he doesn't because they don't care. They're young, and they don't care because the whole world is in front of them. All but, of their rights are going to be gone. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. Well, uh, Mr. Elias, since you have the mic, and I appreciate you grabbing that. Uh, let me – let's go to Johnny. Johnny, you know, I struggle with this question. I really do because I can't understand it. Now, people can say, well, you know, for tax breaks and all these different things. But my goodness, and I think Mr. Elias and I have had a back and forth on this last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh we tell people, I know what it was. I was playing devil, devil's advocate when Mr. Elias, you know, at the end of the show, he always talks about, hey, look, vote your conscience, vote for, you know, you know, vote your pocketbook, all these different things. And so my argument was, well, maybe that's the reason why you have black Republicans, because of the fact that they're voting for what's in the best interest for them and their family. But I can't imagine after the four years of Donald Trump and what the Republican Party continues to do to try to suppress the black vote, how can anyone of sound mind and judgment vote Republican and stand up and be proud and say that I'm a black Republican? You know, those people that came out of the White House, they didn't realize Donald Trump was using them as pawns. The one brother comes out, oh, he says, I'm the flyest guy in the room. (laughs) You idiot. He's playing you. So you can go back and tell your black friends, oh, he's cool, he's cool, vote for him. It didn't work. But at the end of the day, how can anyone that looks like you and I say that they, were, that they are Republican and vote for anyone in the Republican Party, Johnny? You know, Jay, it, it, there, there is a systemic condition that, that started years ago in the African-American community, and, it, and it's based off of that Willie Lynch principle where you pit one another against each other and for some reason or another there is there is a small small contingency of people who think because i don't go with the masses that make you special okay now hmm. i'm not a as 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 jay say a a a, a blue dog democrat i have voted for republican candidates in the past now, it's hard for me to envision with the current message and current theme right. that mm-hmm. I would do so in the immediate future and the future moving forward, okay? So right. mm-hmm. the truth is, is when, when you have the, you know, the, the, the Tim Scotts of the world and, you know, you, you've got this, this Candace Owens and this Blexit mm-hmm. movement, 
See, that's what mm-hmm. that was about. And, 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 you, and, and you think about this here. The promises, the world, during the time that that criminal held the highest and most prestigious office in the land, the promises that he didn't keep to this nation and the promises that he would not have kept and did not intend to keep for African Americans, what happened to these three million jobs that he promised? What happened to this $500 billion that he was going to put in home ownership? What happened to shrinking the wealth gap? Because, see, that group, that group that went to the, 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 the South Lawn went, if you remember, as Trump was still infected with the coronavirus. Mm, and that's, that's right. when, he, when, he, when, when he invited them in. Yep. So for them to wow. come out all jolly is just a condition. It's a systemic condition where we think that because, you know, I'm not going with the masses that make you special. It doesn't. I, I, I've got a brethren of mine who, you know, it's, it's amazing how, how he thinks. This is the guy who wears the uniform. This is the guy who wears the badge. This is the guy who mm. served in the military. This is the guy who serves his community now. And this is a person who generally, generally, is a, a, a good God-fearing person. Right. And he aligns himself with this Trump ideology. And, oh boy. you know, we, we have discussion. And, and, you know, at some point what happens is, is that I have understood that his, his argument is the fact that he wants to be special. So I take that away from him and say, you're not special because you vote for your oppression. People have done that for years. African-Americans have done that for years. You understand what I'm saying? We, 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 we've held the foot down on other African-Americans' progress. So minority descent, regardless of what you are, and to believe that this party here has your best interest at hand saddens me because they show it every single day that they are concerned about a small populace of people. See, this is not the Republican Party as it was intended to be. These are white supremacists who are utilizing this platform and this stage to promote this message. And then you've got the, 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 these ideological individuals who allow this microaggression to go forward and think that it's okay. But what he's promoting is that nationalism, and he's using the Republican Party brand as, as a holistic. And the sad thing is, is that the majority of them probably probably does not really feel the intentions that he feels, but because they're so concerned about the politics of it and being reelected that they're not going to go against the constituents. And then when you think about in this previous election, 18% of African-American males voted for that criminal, man, mm-hmm. how low have we sunk? How low have yeah. we sunk as a people and as a nation to still allow this to be promoted and, and to think that it's okay and to have somebody gallivant around and talk about I'm special because I had a chance to, to meet with what, a criminal, a liar, mm. a racist? Man, mm. it's a sad day. It is a sad day. Jerome, your thoughts? Wow. Well, I I don't know where um, mm-hmm. where to begin with any of this, just because I think that um, just like with the vaccine, I I can understand 
why people won't participate in systems, right? And we all need to be right. a little mindful of this. Like, that's not without, you know, we can't really call them crazy for not participating, for example, right? Because there, it is very valid that um, that we get wronged inside of systems. We don't usually find yeah. out till years later and all of that other stuff. So when it comes to people who are voting for Republicans, they feel like Democrats have let them down, so they've been scarred. And then there are other people who feel like they're special, right? They want to sit at the feet of, uh, of their oppressor, and they don't hmm. really know how that's, how, that's, how that's playing in their psyche. But what it really is is they're, they're saying, I'm not with y'all, I'm over here. So I just want to be with the winning side, no matter what that winning side is doing to anybody. And that is wow. what oppression is, right? That is, you know, the Helsinki syndrome, right? You're identifying with your captors. And so there are some psychological issues that's going along with that when it really comes down to why people side with the people who are oppressing them. And um, black people are no kind of exception to that misinformation stuff because they want to believe something. And self-hate is greater than you can imagine. So even though people are not are not talking about that, like they won't look at themselves as themselves hating on their own people. But there are black people who hate black people, right? And regardless what their reason is, there's something wrong with you. Like there's something off in you to hate yourself that much that you want to hate everybody who looks like you. So when people start siding with Republicans, knowing that in a lot of cases Republicans are blatantly telling you that they don't want black folks to do something and you're siding with them, it, it's kind of like the, the woman, um, there was this white female, the average welfare recipient at the time, white female, five kids, and she was on stage with Reagan and talking about how people are committing welfare fraud, right, at some, like, I think it was like a $5,000 plate dinner or some nonsense like that. She was literally telling them, they're committing fraud on welfare, you need to get rid of it. But she was a welfare recipient. She was going against the thing that was helping her because she didn't want anybody else to have the same advantage. And I think that the marketing, uh, you know, is, 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 I don't know, I think the marketing is really hard for black folks to get over when people are marketing against black people because you just make somebody else the villain, right? Like the marketing against, oh, you know, crack and people smoking weed and all this, and they're criminals and they need to get a job and get some self-esteem. And they did that, and then when that, you know, crystal meth stuff came in, they were like, they're victims, and we need to come together as a family, and we need to have Narcan, and, you know, it's a, it's a disease. Like they change the rules when it comes convenient to white folks and black people who buy into that nonsense, I don't know what to tell them. You know, I can only explain that I, I can only say that I understand why you do that, but I don't know the answer of, you know, I've been asking this for the last probably four or five months, is that I don't know if it's better to deprogram somebody or to give them more information and to suck out the, the, um, the things that they don't have correct. I don't know how you start a conversation. You cannot make somebody wow. smarter. Like if you deprogram them, you're going to fill them with something. 
And if you're not filling it with something, they're going to fill it with garbage anyway. So I don't know the answer right. to the question, but I do empathize. I do understand why that is. And you cannot change people like that. So you can't get mad at people who don't want to get vaxxed because this country has a really bad history with vaccination. But I say to those people generally that understand this one thing. White folks don't poison themselves on purpose. So mm. if you can't get a vaccination, go to the place where white people are getting vaccinations. They'll die first. Say it loud. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just fundamental. Like if I, I would not take Jack that anybody gives me that is just in the black community. Because if you know anything about how Tuskegee wow. worked, it wasn't that the vaccination, the vaccination was bad or that, um, or that it was they were giving placebos and stuff to black people. They had it contained in a certain area, right? Mm. And so what they do with vaccinations is they put saline in it, you know, to kind of cut the metals that's in it. And when they were mixing it is when they were tampering with it. So go to a place where black, white folks are getting vaccinated. Right. If you're hmm. worried about that, you know, we not we don't get to a place that we explain how that stuff happens more than that. It did happen. So I'm not telling anybody to trust it. I I'm more of a mind of kind of what um, Jackie said in this case is that you feel your way through this life and you figure if something is bad for you, it probably is because your body hears everything you think. And so if you can have a dog on aspirin, and if you believe that the aspirin is bad for you, you may have an aneurysm. You know aspirin will thin your blood, and your blood might not clot. So whatever is telling you not to do something, don't do it. But the truth is is that if I was to fly to another country, I would have to take a vaccination to get there. I have to take it for smallpox. I would have to take it. Vaccinations in themselves are not bad, but it, it is true that this company still, this country still does evil stuff across this planet, you know. So I don't want to go off about that, but I can just tell you, it's, it's like watching this Cuban stuff. This is just propaganda, you know. So when you watch that and you watch what's going on in Haiti, yes, black people have to discern all of these things at the same time. So when Republicans are like Rad Paul and those guys are coming there telling you to do something or not to do something, I would not trust them worth squat. They can tell me it's raining outside, and I would still not believe them until I saw it <laughs> because it's what they do. We have to use wow. that type of discernment. So, you know, I don't know why anybody would want to be Republican, but I understand why they would want to be Republican because it's still smart that you get reconnaissance on those people who are, who are trying to oppress you. So I can't tell you if they're smartly if they're doing it because they're being smart or they're doing it because mm. they're being blind and stupid. I don't know the answer. Wow, that's, but they need uh, to make that mind up. Themselves. Wow, that's boy. I tell you what, man, you guys are doing yourself on this particular segment, Mister uh, Jackie. Let me get a real quick comment from you. We're running out of time, and then Mister Elias, I want to give you the remaining time. We have about three minutes left. Go ahead, Jackie. Uh, yeah, um, for me, I'm with you. Look, the only thing that I can think of is that concept of the white man's ice is colder. Bottom line, some people just, <laughs> they think the white way is the right way. <laughs> and whatever they need to do <laughs> to get in the number, they're going to do it. Look, I get to a certain extent 
be at the table, but at the expense of denying who you are and and hating yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Now you can keep that table. <laughs> that, that's a table you can keep. I hear you, Jackie. Way to talk. All right, Mr. Elias, man. Last two minutes belong to you. What say you in regards to this particular topic? Well, Jay, I, I believe that people usually vote their pocketbooks, but like like Jerome said, a lot of lot of lot of black Republicans are misguided, man. You know, and and then some of them are sick of, sick of the Democrats' ways. You know, they they've been lied to by Democrats. So, bottom line is, look, man, I am going to vote my pocketbook. You know, and, and what I do with my pocketbook is, is, is I'm a union man, and Republicans surely don't believe in union, and they've been trying to take away our pension for the longest. So I vote, I vote my pocketbook, man. That, that's just, that's the way it goes. But wait, but wait a minute, but Mr. Elias, but then you're you're give, you're providing them a cover. You're providing these black Republicans How? cover their vote because you said vote your pocketbook. So most of these guys are saying yeah. I'm going my because I get a tax. Well, that's no damn excuse. For what they do to you our gotta people. You got to be ultra rich. You got to be ultra rich to vote Republican, Jay. I, I'm sorry. They weren't giving those tax breaks to the to the to the to the, the middle income people. They were giving it to the ultra rich. So when you, when I I'm, saying, I'm voting my pocketbook. I'm, I'm voting dude. the fact that they, 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 the Democrats are not going after my my, my pension. Dude, you know, the question I'm not, I'm not wasn't. Well, the question wasn't why are there rich black Republicans. The question is why are there black Republicans, period. And period. I understand because they're voting their pocketbook. The, the, the rich. So you're providing cover for these people. No, what I'm saying is that the money means more to them than anything else in this world. That their money, keeping their money, keeping hold of their money means more to them than anything in this whole wide world. That's why you got all these maybe these billionaires going to space, but they won't feed people. Hell, why don't they? Why don't they? Find, why don't they have the race to to, to to feed people? Why don't they have a race to, to create jobs and whatever? No, nah, Jeff Bezos on, uh, is going into space, but he won't pay. He won't. He won't let people unionize to get fair wages. So that, 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 they, they're doing that to keep their money. Money greed is killing this country, and I've been saying it for the longest. Okay, that's a drop the mic moment for Mr. LES. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These council binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me to think what I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Shootings are preventable if you know the signs. Learn more at sandyhookpromise.org.
burning like a bright flame Still the same for you For you And if I try to tell you any different Don't believe me I won't change for you For you Well maybe I'll pretend but it's only temporary
online radio at its best. Washington, the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi today rejected two Trump allies from serving on the January 6th Select Committee to investigate the Capitol insurrection. And now the House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is threatening to pull all of his appointees. This is another Infosol production. Welcome back, 347-850-1272 is the uh, call number. It's a serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Uh, like Shep Stewart said, Shep, Shepard Smith said, House uh, Speaker, uh, House Speaker, the Speaker of the House, I should say, Nancy Pelosi rejected two of Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy's picks to be on the January 6th commission investigating the insurrection at the Capitol. Uh, the speaker felt that adding those two members would make a mockery out of the process, so she decided against it. And we'll start the conversation right there. Jerome, we'll, we'll start with you on this one because you know, Nancy Pelosi did the right thing. Now, Republicans are going to come back and say, oh, see, it's going to be a liberal witch hunt. But like you mentioned in the last segment, you know, Look at how many committees they had on Benghazi. And we talk about this on this show all the time. They try to put the blame at Hillary Clinton's feet, and they even admitted the reason why they were doing this is because they wanted her going into the 2016 election cycle wounded. And they were proud of the fact that they did this. They wasted taxpayer money. And what they didn't talk about, and we've talked about this, talked about this on this show a thousand times, is how – they railed against the Obama administration for not having enough security there to protect the ambassador, but they were the ones who voted down the extra money that was proposed to provide security for that embassy. Because they know people are not going to do their homework and see what exactly the Republicans are doing. We talk about how they sit here and go to their communities and stand next to community leaders holding these big stimulus checks Checks that they didn't vote for. And they get away with this nonsense over and over and over again because we have uneducated voters not doing their due diligence to find out exactly what these freaking sorry wolves in sheep's clothing are doing. So here we are, two days from now, this committee's going to kick off, and you know what's going to happen, Jerome. So how can the Democrats convince the American people that this is a legitimate commission? It's similar to the 9-11 commission. How can they convince them when so much fake news is being spread out there about the selection of members, uh, you know, in this whole world of Trump that we currently are still living in? Well, you know, I, I would like to um, kind of say that it's, it's our responsibility as any kind of news media outlets for us to put up good information. It's not the information of politicians like that. You know, people lie and they put stuff out there and then they do sound bites so that folks can go out and um and um make bad decisions is the word is the thing that popped in my head. But it's our job. So I don't take that I don't take that lightly. No matter what news program I'm on, I usually have enough information to give um, um, perspective. And I think that the media does not take that too seriously. You know, if they did, they would not cover Rad Paul unless he said something that was newsworthy. 
but the way our society goes is like he's a senator, so we should listen. Lindsey Graham's a senator, so we should listen, even though that they know that they're lying. So when they come back, they need to say that these guys are lying, and here is what the facts are. The people don't take that stuff seriously. And I think that uh, across the board, I don't care what, what, what um, school of, of media that you go to across this country, I think they need to revamp how they teach people to deliver news. You know, there's been times that we've had conversations over the years, and I would say things like, why are we covering this news story? Because it's, a, it's not a news story. And, and, you know, the rationale is is that if it's not news, we need to correct what it is, right? But the truth is is that we're still being a megaphone for something that's not true. And we have to, in this country, decide, well, we don't have to decide, Jack. We have the freedom to actually tell truth or to give perspective from a different editorial um, view than anybody else. And so it's kind of our responsibility to know, and when we don't know, to say that we don't know. So when it comes down to it, the Republicans put all of this stuff out and sees what sticks. And most of the time, because of the oppressive, not the oppressive nature, but just the nature of white supremacy to begin with, that the perspective of white folks always outshine the perspective of anybody else because they want to believe them. And even if they say 20 or 90% of what they say is wrong, the one time they say something that's right, they try to hang the right stuff on the 90% that's wrong, which means he could be saying something right this time, whereas, again, a black person can say 1% wrong and 99% right, and we won't believe him for the rest of his life. We need to rethink on how we absorb, absorb news and how we need to ingest this stuff. Republicans are going to do what they're going to do. I think the Democrats do the same doggone thing, and I don't want to put them in the same category because they're really not. But even when you talk about Nancy Pelosi or Schumer, those fools need to be up out of there too because they're holding it down for status quo. You know, when I hear anybody say something about defunding the police, it unnerves me. And the reason it does is because – Republicans framed it in a way that defund the police means getting rid of the the police department, and everybody and their mother runs with that. Even black people do, which is disturbing as hell, right? Defund just means defund. It means do not give them in excess to what it takes for them to operate. That's all defunding means. But we, you know, come on here and it's like, oh, yeah, they want to get rid of police and who are you going to call if somebody comes? That is nonsense. That's a non-argument. So we're always manipulated by media unless media takes the responsibility of giving information that's factual and being able to parse through things that people don't have time for during their regular day at work. So, you know, again, I usually save this stuff for the after show because I think that it's more important that people get news that's coming from a perspective that's going to help them cut through all the stuff as opposed to telling them they need to be educated. You don't need to be educated. You need to have, um, you know, it's like saying that you need to know all before you make a decision. No, you have, a, have to have a trusted source of information, and we don't really have one. We have to parse through it. But it's the media's responsibility, I believe, that um, helps inform people. So just like in every democracy, we complain 
that you know Cuba needs to have free and and and, and um, open media. China needs to have that. We don't have that here. So who are we to tell anybody else what they should have when our media doesn't do a good job of telling the truth? Well, or at least giving okay, a perspective that actually meet that actually holds truth in it. You know, we watch Chuck Todd and all those other fools on TV, Stephanie Rule and those guys reiterate the same thing from a different perspective to give you the same impression that you had when you came in there. We're going to just play, play from both sides. You can't do that when you know one side is lying. Why do you do that? That's that's unfair to the viewer. Well, it's good stuff. All right, we have 30 seconds, man. We're, we're way over. Let me give this 30 seconds to somebody. Vanessa, you want these 30 seconds before we move on? You know, this no, new format, we have to stick with it. Okay, well, keep going. I'll give it to you, Mr. Elias, since you didn't get a lot of time in the last segment. 30 seconds, man. It's yours. Well, you know, something, Jay, they, you know, the Republican Party is just that. They they are going to lie. They're going to steal. They're going to cheat. That's who they become, man. So when you look at this, uh, you know, this committee that they're putting together, the, the Republican Party put two clowns in there, and even, even – uh, Liz Cheney spoke out against it and said they should not have been on there because they were going to be nothing but a distraction. And that's that. That's what Republican parties do. They distract. They don't. They don't. They don't speak the truth. They're not going to speak the truth. They're going to lie. They're going to. They're going to do whatever they can, and they're going to keep pushing the same message out that they keep pushing out. So I don't believe nothing is those damn people say, man. Nothing. Well said. All right. We have to step out. Three four seven eight five oh one two seven two. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the J Rob Show, which happens every Sunday right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. Yeah. 
Welcome back in. 347 It's 32 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ross Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. It is time to say good morning to the cast once again. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Now, <laughs> right. you and your tapes and made responses. Yeah, we love you too, sweetie. One, nothing but kisses for you. Oops, I'm spreading COVID as well. My bad, Jackie. Good morning. How are you? I'm I'm doing great. How's everyone doing? Doing well, Jackie. I wonder if Mr. Elias will continue to kiss you since you haven't been vaccinated. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, the brother from the Carolinas is in the house. Mr. Johnny King in the place to be. Good morning, John. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Doing well. Doing well. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome is free, is in the house as well. Good morning, Jerome. How are you, brother? Hey, I'm good, man. Good morning. And the man who gets the first and last word, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning. Good morning to you. And good morning, Jackie. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Momo B. And good morning, Marianne Music. And good morning, my brother Hawk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. And Marianne Music, that last song was by Richard Pryor's niece, Liv, Liv Warfield. And it's called Come Back. And the one before that is by Alex Isley. It's called My Theme. Look at you spreading germs. You kissed Jackie after what she said. Wow. Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some people in the chat room if you don't mind, sir? We got my brother Yard Jackie in there and Covina Man that's in there, Jay. Kavina, Yard Jockey, what's going on, my brother? Let me say what's up to the pastor. He is in the house. Marietta Music is back in the house after her one-week hiatus. I'm not sure where she was. She needs to do some explaining. Teresa's in the house. What's up, Teresa? <laughs> Tori is listening as well. Good morning, Tori. Also to Jessica, uh, man, Vinny, so many people listening. Our girl, Momo Beezy in the Heezy is listening as well. Rob Smooth, we love you guys. We love you guys. We love you guys. Now, update. At the beginning of the show, we were talking about USA Basketball. Well, guess what? They just lost to France. Oh, my God. First Olympic loss since 2004. Ugh. They are embarrassing, the Dream Team. Chuck Daly, Johnny D is rolling over in his grave right about now. Oh, my God. Hey, too much one-on-one. Too much one-on-one. And the European players play a more fluid motion, and that's why they're going to be more successful. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's going to happen, boy. They lost to France. I am shocked by that. All right, like I said before, we are behind, so let's get right into it so we can get all the topics in this morning. The, the battle, I guess, was just different. Like, everybody, we fought physical fights, and we were emotionally tested. Um, but to have racism rear its ugly head in there, that... While the fight was happening, I didn't process it while it was happening. So once you, it's all over and you're attempting to put together in your mind what happened, yeah. you're faced with, wow, we really were, I called the N-word. Like, it, it's, just a, it's a different battle. It's, it's a lot more to unpack than just oh, the, the actual physical trauma we endured. 
The newly sworn-in chief of the U.S. Capitol Police said that he supports his officers speaking out regarding the deadly January 6th riot amid Fox News host Tucker Carlson's recent comments about a Capitol Police officer. J. Thomas Magner was formally chosen to serve as the next chief of the U.S. Capitol Police on Thursday. He is Gonda Pittman, who took on the role following the resignation of the former chief, Steve Sudd, in the aftermath of January 6th attack on the Capitol. Speaking with WUSA 9, Magner responded following he responded following uh, Carlson's remarks about the legitimacy of the January 6th committee. In particular, the Fox News personality singled out Officer Harry Dunn, calling him an angry left-wing political activist. If you didn't hear his comments, let me play them for you so you could get just as pissed off as I am about it. We'll talk on the other side. So the committee will proceed with one party. What will it look like? We'll think MSNBC with subpoena power. On Tuesday, Pelosi will call a Capitol Police officer called Harry Dunn. Dunn will pretend to speak for the country's law enforcement community. But it turns out Dunn has very little in common with your average cop. Dunn is an angry left-wing political activist whose social media feeds are full of praise, not coincidentally, for Nancy Pelosi. Here's a picture of the two of them together. Racism is so American, Harry Dunn wrote in one post, that when you protest it, people think you're protesting America. Hashtag, leave it to whites to tell blacks what is racist. Hashtag, I stand with Elon Omar. Hashtag, squad. Harry Dunn, ladies and gentlemen, just another fact-based witness to the insurrection. Okay, so now, I'm going to take a deep breath because I'm trying my best to, uh, you know, people who have been following this show you know, you knew how I felt about Rush Limbaugh, right? And I'll be honest with you, when he died, I didn't shed a tear. And I, you know, I prayed to God for forgiveness because I was like, oh, well, you know, just another loud mouth that's shut, that's, that's my, his mouth is permanently shut forever. And, and, and that sounds callous, but that's just, just the way I felt about it. This guy is getting to that level with me. I, let me stop. And let me, John, since we didn't hear from you during the last segment, let me start this one off with you. We have about, uh, we have a good six minutes to chop this one up. Um, Tucker Carlson. And I really wanted you here last week because I wanted you to comment on on, on what he said about General Willie. Uh, but let's stick with this because this guy is one of those, let me stop. Okay, John, give me your thoughts on this dude <laughs> and what he said about this African-American uh, uh, Capitol Police officer who risked his life to save not only Democrats but Republicans. Give me your comments on, on this, man. Let me take a deep breath. You know, that, that's one of the, Jay, that's another one of those microaggression-type comments where, you know, uh, you, you, you take the African-American uh, law enforcement officer of which this this clown, this entertainer has never served, and you try to pit, once again, black against white, there were, I, there, there were actual Trump supporters who was part of that coup on January the 6th that also said some of the same sentiment. So this is not anything that, you know, Officer Dunn is making up. And, you know, you go back to, you know, uh, Eugene Goodman, you know, um, and his his heroism in the Senate. All all of these officers felt the same sentiment 
And then you, you, you look at the Caucasian law enforcement brethren who suffered at the hands of, 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 these, of this mob and this, this militia. Each one of them are saying the same thing. So this is, this is not about left wing. Again, this is that microaggression commentary that he's just simply just trying to stir up. That was real. Those comments were made. That was supported by Caucasian law enforcement officers and even African-Americans and minorities who were supporting those individuals who were part of the coup. So this was this was not about, you know, um, again, a, a, a party. This was about black, white and the Tucker Carlson's of the world. They sat back and they thrive on these sentiments. Uh, I don't know if you had an opportunity to see the, the, the Caucasian gentleman that, that confronted Tucker Carlson in Montana, probably the, the least likely place that he thought that he would ever be confronted. The guy said, you're the worst human being in the world now and caught it caught it on video so if you haven't seen it research it and and look at it but you know these guys man they 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 were attacked by by this this mob this paramilitary group uh in in this coup attempt and literally all of them say the same thing and i'm pretty sure that some of those law enforcement also capital police some of those individuals probably trump supporters as well but they also support the fact that those those sentiments were said to these African American officers. So, you know, he he can go back and try to play it as as a left wing or he chooses chooses to do so. But this this is real. That happened. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I like your calmness because I am fuming over here, and I can't wait until I say what I have to say. Uh, Vanessa, what's to you? Uh, Jay. I'm running late for my church spot, so I'm going to need you to just go ahead and take my time so I can finish getting dressed because, you know, I was running late this morning. I love you. <laughs> I love This is why people love Vanessa. She is just so open. Jackie, uh, w- w- do you have any comments on this? Uh, well, all, all I got to say is it's, <laughs> it's, it's just disgusting. I don't. I don't know what else to say. Fair enough. One time for me to vent. No problem. No problem at all. All right, Jerome, let me uh, swing it around to you because this guy, you know, John, and I am going to look because I need that in my life right about now. Go ahead, uh, uh, Jerome. (laughs) Jerome, are you muted? Or maybe he's not here. All right, uh, Mr. LES, man, it's on you. Okay. <laughs> Look, man, Tucker Carlson. What the hell's going Tucker on around here? I'm thinking, is it me? Everybody right, just speaks. No, 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 no. <laughs> Tucker Carlson is, is the worst person in the world, man. Let's just call it what it is, man. He's a rich snob who's, who's never had to work for any damn thing in his life. He's had to swamp some money to back him up for, the, for his entire life. So he's a rich snob who has never had to work for anything. So when he says something, I, it goes in one ear and out the other one because I surely he can't speak for anybody but himself. He's never had to work for anything in his life. So what can he tell me? He can't tell me a damn thing. He's never put himself on the line in the military and for the police. All he does is sit in the chair and bitch and moan about whatever he thinks is going to get his base riled up. So 
Man, look, <laughs> I don't waste no time on Tucker Carlson. I could care less well, what he said. He did. Well, he said stuff to incite you. Well, it worked because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about this guy. <laughs> this guy is he is a fat little plump plush white boy who feels he has privilege and he could do what the hell he wants to wants to do. You know what? He talks about the military. Why don't you pick up a weapon, Tucker, and go out there and serve? You ain't nothing but a suck. You know what you are? You are the word that rhymes with wussy. That's exactly what you are. You're weak. You're a weak-ass man. And I wish i ever see you on the streets. People like that just makes my blood just just it boils because they sit around, they make all this money where people are sacrificing their lives so he can do these things, and the only thing he does is sit around and talks about them. Man, you're a wussy. That's exactly what you are. You cheap bastard. Can't stand you. We're out of here. We'll be right back. This message comes from NPR sponsor Kroger, who puts a lot of care into ensuring their produce is fresher than fresh, like grating and testing lettuce on 24 different levels. Shop fresh at your local Kroger today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Canadian government says it's setting up special immigration measures for Afghan interpreters and others who helped Canadian forces in Afghanistan and now face retribution from the Taliban. Dan Carpenter has more. The measures will apply to Afghan nationals working for the Canadian Embassy, their families and those who helped the Canadian military on the front lines. Canadian officials say those being resettled are expected to begin arriving very shortly. Immigration Minister Marco Mendicino says lives hang in the balance and Canada will do right by those who did right by us. Many have been forced into hiding, fearing retribution by the Taliban for helping Canadian troops. The Taliban claims to have gained about 80% of Afghanistan now that U.S. troops have started to withdraw. Washington has also begun relocating about 2,500 interpreters and support staff to a military base in Virginia until visas are approved. For NPR News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk in Toronto. As COVID cases rise nearly everywhere in the U.S., driven by the twice as contagious Delta strain, Three-judge federal appeals court reversed its stand and says the CDC cannot enforce coronavirus restrictions on Florida-based cruise ships. This issue has been going back and forth in the courts, and it's a win for the state of Florida, which sued the CDC, arguing the restrictions make it hard for the cruise industry to recover from the pandemic. The CDC says all cruise ships in Florida will still be required to report infections or deaths on ships also to meet sanitary ship inspection guidelines. I'm Janine Herbst, and you're listening to NPR News. This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, where a question about how cancer cells get oxygen not only led to a new class of kidney cancer drugs, but to potential applications for heart disease and anemia. More at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. All right, welcome back. It is time for State Your Case. Comments from the world-famous chat room and from social media. And uh, Mr. L to the E to the S, man, you have anything you want to add from the world-famous chat room, sir? Yeah, I got Covina, man. He says a lot of the young Republicans are being paid to support Trump organizations like Turning Point USA and Blexit, and, and, and Blexit are hiring black people as props. He said the GOP is specifically targeting black men, though. Anti-feminism and misogyny 
and misogyny ideology is what's going on. All right, got a few. I got a few here. Uh, Pastor Steve just checked in. He says, "Peace and blessings, family." He said, "Jay, you had me nervous for a second. LOL, <laughs> but I love your passion. So keep on keeping on, my brother." The Black Republican segment is one of the most profound segments that I have heard on this show. Kudos to Johnny D for his remarks during that segment. One of the best that I've heard this year. Well, appreciate that, Pastor. Uh, Tori from New York says, I disagree with Vanessa about God. If you believe in God, then you live in faith, not fear. You don't need a vaccine, okay? Uh, uh, Teresa from Tallahassee, I have a big fan of Jerome, but it sounded like he was trying to justify what Cosby did to those women. I hope I misunderstood his point, because if not, I'm very disappointed with his point of view on that matter. Okay, Jessica from Dallas, I'm so proud of my peeps. Y'all are some smart black folks. <laughs> I love it. A friend of mine had been telling me about this podcast for, podcast for months, so I finally decided to tune in because I'm playing hooky from church. Don't tell my pastor. Okay, we won't tell him. Can I do a shout-out? Absolutely. Marion, Marion, girl, thank you for tuning, turning your girl on to this show. Well, Jessica, thank you for being a first-time listener. Marietta Music. Good morning, my family. Mr. L.E.S., my playlist is so, so tight because of you. You are the music man. I love you, big brother. And to my king, good morning. And no, Jay, I'm not talking about you. LOL. That's not funny. Uh, Vinny from Las Vegas. Good morning, guys. (laughs) You would laugh. Good morning, guys. Uh, I love me some serious side, but I heard one of the brothers say that this show is a news show. Like I said, I love y'all, but I wouldn't classify this as a new show. Okay, well, that's fair enough. All right, that's enough. We don't have enough time to read all the rest of them. You know what time it is. Well, first of all, Vanessa, you want to respond to uh, to what uh, anytime someone brings up a name, I always give you an opportunity to respond. Would you like to respond or no? So, you know what? Um, yes. I was talking to my vaccinated daughter and her unvaccinated friends. What did they say about me when they brought my name up? Would you please repeat it? Let me read it for you again, Please? Vanessa. No problem. It Thank says, you. and it's from Tori from New York, and it says, I disagree with Vanessa about God. If you believe in God, then you live in faith, not fear. You don't need a vaccine. What say you? Or do you have anything to say at all? I guess not. Okay. You know, when it comes to people telling me uh, about when they believe in God, I can't argue with them. Because I believe that God is going to take care of me. Maybe some people don't. So I don't know. So I'm not going to argue with somebody when they start bringing their faith into why they're not vaccinated. Like my daughter just tried to kiss me. I said, oh, no kisses, Queenie. You're not vaccinated. And all her friends are laughing. And I walked off. Damn. Well, okay, at least you're consistent if you're dealing with your own blow. I'm going to kiss you. When I see you, I'm going to kiss you. And I am vaccinated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. You know what time it is. Online radio at its best. All right, it is time for our final thoughts. And Vanessa, since me and you are conversation, conversating, go ahead and give us your final thoughts. You know, my final thought is I I love Texas. I, I was raised here, but I would not suggest that anybody move to Texas, even though Texas has one of the better economies in the country. Uh, I do believe that this, and they are saying in the news that most of the people that are hospitalized 
uh, from COVID and the Delta are African-Americans and Hispanics. I don't think it's just a new line about it. I just don't. But, you know, if you choose not to be vaccinated, that's fine. But at least let other people know who's not wearing a mask, you know, I know you're not going to do it, that you're not vaccinated. Because I've had family members around some of my friends that are going through chemo. And I went and told them in their ear, my blah, 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 blah is not vaccinated. And and, that, and you need to stay back from him because they were going through chemo. I mean, so just because you want to risk your life does not mean that you should risk other people's lives. And y'all really finna get mad at me. So if y'all get COVID and you're not vaccinated, I don't think that the, that the government or your insurers, anybody else should pay for it. I think that's just your ass. I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. <laughs> Woo, go to church, Vanessa. Go to church. Would you like to say goodbye? Would you like to say bye before you leave out here with your cousin self? <laughs> I know you can't because I said ASS the way you come to today. Really, Jay? <laughs> really? Fine, Vanessa. I love you. You're talking about a dead man that you didn't care that he was dead, and you want to say something about me? Oh, let's see why you want to bring that up. Why you want to bring that up? Why you want to bring that up? You want to talk about what you know about Okay. You know what? Thank you, Vanessa. I love you, baby. Um, we'll go to church, Big Sis. Bye. <laughs> All right, uh, Jackie, final thoughts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. Uh, great. Wow. Great show. Great show. Did I say yet, get your passports together? Look <laughs> mm. <laughs> like you're somebody go, go out and vote. <laughs> That's my new MO. Go get your passports together. Because America has gone plum, plum crazy. That's my time. Thank y'all. Y'all have a wonderful and blessed Sunday. All right. Pray for us when you go to church. Lord have mercy. All right, Johnny D, man. Final thoughts, brother. You know, once again, this was a, 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 a spirited uh, conversation and topics and uh, all of them relevant. Uh, but but one, of, one of the things that has been really on my mind over the last couple of weeks has, has been this uptick in, in, in gun violence and what's going on in our communities. Yeah. And, you know, um, there, there is a, a true disregard just for human life and humanity that, that you're seeing, uh, not only amongst young people, but just in, in general. Um, and it's disturbing, you know, um, a lot of different things going on that's causing calamities. You look at the, the, the fires uh, in, in Oregon, um, and you just keep continuously travel, and you look at the, the weather incidents that's occurring, and, you know, it's just a lot of things that we should be grateful for when we wake up in the morning and do our best just to not make life difficult and challenging for for others. And, you know, it's a lot of things that we can feel good about ourselves, but typically what we do is we default to the negative and, you know, the, the woe is me syndrome. And, you know, uh, just just continuously pray for, for, for this nation, continue to pray for the world, and continue to pray for, for, the, for the individuals that, that participate uh, on the serious side and, and our families and, and loved ones. And be proactive. Get out there and make a difference in the lives, make a difference in the community, because any, anyone can talk, but your actions is what's going to change the course of what we do. Um, the president uh, and the vice president, uh, I certainly hope that they steer their leadership towards the Voting Rights Act. I understand that the infrastructure bill is important, but there's no singular legislation that he will pass in his in his term 
more so more significant than that of the voting rights that and every day that goes by i mean we, we we're sitting on the cuffs of august of 2021 every month that goes by every day that goes by brings it that much closer to where those margins of victory is going to to jeopardize that right there and we understand what the significance is in that right there so as those texas legislators uh, got on those airplanes, boarded those airplanes, and you know some people, some 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 of uh, the media will step back and say, "Where's well, the COVID aspect of it?" Nah, they've been there for two weeks, and there's some serious issues going on in Texas, and the president's gonna have to show some 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 definitive leadership and some intentional leadership in regards to making sure that every person gets what's entitled to them. So, you know, again, gun violence. Uh, the incident that's going on in Cuba, China, the economy, everything that, that that's mm-hmm. affecting and impacting those individuals in everybody's life, man. We, we've got to really put some thought to it and put some action with it. So God bless right. each and every last one of you all. And again, I appreciate this opportunity. Hey, man, appreciate you. All right. Uh, my main man, Jerome, is in the house. Final thoughts, brother. Well, you know, um, you know, I, I want to take my final thoughts into entertainment for a second. You know, there's a there was an HBO show called Lovecraft Country that was on. Really high ratings, 18 Emmy nominations, and HBO Max canceled it, or HBO canceled it. And, um, you know, it was a great show written by, um, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember her name. Um, I can't remember her name. But anyway, um, it tells me that no matter how well written the show is, no matter how much ratings it brings in, whenever something slightly offends white folks, they will pull it off the air no matter what. And as I watched Arsenio, you know, host Jimmy Kimmel and do, a, he did a great job of interviewing LeBron James and bringing in um, Jalil White from Urkel Days, um, Family Matters, um, that we still don't have no black representation on TV. So, we need to be really conscious about the fact that we need to start supporting things that's going to get some more representation out there because it is just not happening. So that's all I want to say. And hey to Marietta Music. I didn't know she was back or gone. Um, just want to say what's up to her while I'm at it. All right. Everybody have a good week. All right. There you go, my man. All right, Mr. Elias. 90 seconds, brother. Final thoughts. Look, I'm not going to get off my soapbox. Get out and vote. If you don't vote, you don't have a voice. They're trying to block your vote for a reason, folks. They're not doing this just for any other reason besides they cannot win a fair and free election. So get out and vote. They're doing all kind of crap to stop you from voting. So get your voice heard. All right, my final thoughts to this. I'm starting to read some of these other comments that's coming in about my uh, tandem or my, my, uh, my meltdown on Tucker Carlson. And so I am officially saying to all you folks who are offended by that, to go kick rocks. And on that note, Mr. Elliott, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rao Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you as always. So for Vanessa, for Mr. Elliott, for Jackie, for John, for Jerome, and for you, Mr. Elliott, I'm J. Rao saying have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the J. Ryle Show coming up next on a need-to-know basis with Mr. Jerome McSpree. Have a good work week, folks. And if you don't like what I say, change the damn channel. Give a damn.
damn if I chew people. My nerves. Mm. Hey, don't laugh, Miss Elias. It is not funny, my friend. <laughs> it is funny, man. <laughs> it is not funny. Stop, Miss Elias. Stop. That was Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a. Tell me, what do you want me to do? All right, folks, you know what time it is. It is time for only need to know basis with Mr. Jerome is free. All right, Jerome, you know, I'm only hanging until I get that black history back, man. So what you got? <laughs> well, first I want to say this. Jay don't mean kick rocks. I think Jay likes the argument, so don't, don't kick rocks because of Jay. <laughs> no, yes, I do. Yes, I do. If, if so, someone sit here and said, you know what? What you said about Tucker Carlson was disrespectful. I don't understand why white people continue to listen to this damn show if you don't agree with us. Get the hell out of here. I meant it over I said. Kick rocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny how they'll still put something to change and make you think something that they want you to think, right? Exactly. Had nothing to do with it. Go somewhere. Yeah. Go yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yep, kick rocks. <laughs> there you go for Jay. All right, so here's our unconfirmed black history so that Jay can go somewhere and lay down. Because you know that kick rocks. <laughs> 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 you that for unconfirmed black history. Goes away and lay down. Uh, so anyway, all right. In a small community outside of Louisville, Kentucky, a young kid called Shame, and no, he wasn't low down and dirty like the movie, but he was Ooh, a busybody. Like <laughs> he was a busybody who exaggerated the truth. So Shame would sell anything from oranges and apples to homemade biscuits. Like he was, he was a hustler. So right. when his dog Lady was about to have puppies. Shane wanted to raffle them off, right? So he thought it was a way to make a little side money for the family. So he was like the perfect hype man with telling everybody, you know, he had these purebred canines worth a lot of money. And when you win, you can sell them. At their, their resale value was unbelievable. So you can resell them, right? So two weeks right. later, Shane's raffled, raffled off the puppies. And throughout the day, they started returning them. And his parents asked Shane's friend Troy, what's going on? Like, why are they returning the puppies? And then that's when Troy made history by replying, everyone was expecting to win a dog, but Shane was out there selling wolf tickets. He won the damn dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I see you. I didn't see that, oh, I didn't see that one coming. I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> puppies. <laughs> <laughs> well, fellas, as always, thank you, Jerome, for that fun fact. You, as yeah, always, you know where that came from. Research the I didn't know where it came from. I, well, I tell you what, the crack staff is doing their thing, man. Kudos to the crack staff and <laughs> <laughs> it's free radio. <laughs> yeah, we we'll, they, they go find it. They'll find it. Now. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness! So, I love it. Yeah, hey, I was gonna say if there's anything that you want to find out, just. Just send it to Jay and have a research department go look it up. Cause they'll pull it there out. you go. There you go. Because we're, <laughs> we're learning new stuff every every Sunday, y'all. Every Sunday. Stop selling those dang old wolf tickets. I'm loving it, man. Well, fellas, y'all got it. I'm out of here. And I'll see y'all next week. <laughs> All right. All right. There we go. Hey, now, um, our first news story, you know Hip-hop icon, you know, Biz Markie passed away at the age of 57. They said he passed away peacefully. Um, 
The hip-hop legend died at Baltimore Hospital on Friday night from complications from, well, whatever. He passed away. Bismarck, they said it was um, complications from diabetes, but who knows. Um, he was born in Harlem. Marcel Theo Hall of um, April 8th was his birthday. Um, though he was raised on Log Island, he was born in Harlem. He was one of the most influential early tracks. Now, one of my favorite Bismarcky tracks was The Vapors. So everybody keeps talking about, you know, uh, um, what was it? The She's Just a Friend, I think is the one everybody keeps talking about. But put your put your money where, the, where, your, where your mouth is. Like, that was in 88. That was his debut um, LP, Going Off, is what it was called. And um, if you don't know who he is, he was in Men in Black 2. You know, he played the alien who was doing the beatbox against Will Smith. Um, and Marky also appeared in sketches from In Living Color um, on Comedy Central's Crank Yankers and, you know, where they would make, you know, puppets would make prank phone calls and they used access to comedians. He was on that. He was also on SpongeBob and, you know, Empire and Blackish. So Biz played in a lot of stuff, but, you know, I wanted to make sure I start off the show with that. Biz Markey passed at 57. All right, yes, so last, what, yeah, I was gonna say, what's your, what's your, what's your Bismarck song? song? Everybody got a different one. Well, this is Mr. This is J. Ryle, and mine is uh, You Got What I Need. That's mine. You know, that's <laughs> I mine. knew you was gonna go that's there. Mine. Yeah, well, yeah, that's it. it. Yeah, uh, I did. Actually, I did. We played as a talk over music. Yeah. I, I thought I remember. It, I hear, hear you and hearing it on the board someplace. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you mine was vapor. Mine was the vape. Oh yeah, he got the vape. Oh yeah, that was the first one, right? He got the vape. Yeah, he he wrote that. I yeah. think that was um. I don't know if was that Big Daddy Kang song or was that actually his? But I know he wrote I don't it. Know. Oh, you know yeah. what? You're right. Uh, I don't. I can't remember who wrote that. Oh, no, I gotta look that up. It. He did. Well, I yeah, mean, Vince who, who actually performed it though? Who performed it? Now, I'm thinking it was a Big Daddy Kang song. Okay. But I think well, he was you know in it. Uh oh. Was he? All right. I know you're gonna pull. I know you're gonna pull that yeah, out. Yeah. Well, but... you know what? I'm great. You know what? I'm great. You. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go look it up. Shoot. I mean, hey, bro. I mean, yeah. why not? We we live. Let me let me go look it up. Hey. We might. We might as well know if we gonna know, right? I know that's there, right. Yeah. So yeah, Biz, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the vapors for me, but Biz have been DJing for who knows how long too. So. Um. Yeah, I'm never I, surprised at how. It, he actually performed it. It was him. Oh, he did. It was his song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I know yeah. he had, you know, um, all these other people on there. So I thought it was a collaboration, like he he did it on somebody right. else's. But that was cool that he did it on his. All right, you got the right. right. I, man. So anyway, yeah, I don't I don't have any um, any other outside Biz Marquis songs, but I'm. Uh, we are old school hip hop folks, so the kids might not know what we're talking about. So I had to give them the yeah. You know, the <laughs> they, they might they might remember him from that. All right, uh-huh. um, yeah, climate change. Um, they said that has drastically altered the Swiss Alps, so it transformed glaciers into nearly one hundred or uh, one thousand two hundred new lakes since eighteen fifty, and um, one thousand of them are still in existence today. So. They revealed that 180 
of the existing lakes had only been created since between 2006 and 2016. And they said 18 new bodies of water appear each year. Now, that's crazy to have, like, new lakes and everybody else is getting droughts, but the um, the Alps is melting. So I guess what's that water that comes from there? Is that Avion water that comes from the Alps? I think it's, uh, I think I it's Avion. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Avion, but somebody's going to be out of water in a minute because <laughs> it's melting like crazy. So the Alps are the highest and most extensive mountain range system that li- that lies in between Europe, uh, entirely in Europe. So it stresses 745 miles across eight European countries, Australia, France, Germany, Italy, Liechtenstein, Monaco, Slovenia, Oh, Slovenia. Isn't that where Melania is from? Somewhere in there? And Switzerland. So, Swiss Alps. Hey, have you been watching um, the Olympics, Jay? What'd you say, Jerome? I said, have you been watching the Olympics? No, you know what? I just, no, I just uh, reported that the uh, <laughs> the USA basketball team lost. That's it. No, I mean, it's going to be hard yeah. for me to watch because there's nobody in the stands. Oh, that's true. That that's true. It, it's like watching the dog on video game, like just that fake crowd stuff. But here's yeah. the thing: the U.S. I usually don't watch it till later because U.S. usually make the qualifying rounds pretty easy. But if basketball right. gonna lose their very first game, they're not gonna automatically <laughs> qualify. So that might be a little <laughs> interesting. And also, you know, the gymnastic team, the women's gymnastics, um, came in second to Russia in the qualifying rounds today. Really? So, yeah, yeah, my girl, uh, my girl, um, Simone, Simone um, yeah, she she didn't have a good day. She's mm. better than everybody else in the world, but her first day was not a good day. So mm. again, when you are in a in a space of confinement, like with COVID and stuff, it has to be doing something else to those athletes of not having a crowd there as well. So yeah, I, I understand that, man. Yeah, I understand how hard it is not to to watch it, but can you imagine if you are used to having a crowd and you perform in front of one? Hmm. It has to be different. And there's nothing there? Yeah. That's got to be rough, yeah. man. Yeah, it's it's why, you know, from playing basketball, why I never understood golf, right? They had to be they had to be really quiet when golfers come up, but basketball, you'd be at the free throw line and everybody's yelling. <laughs> you got to learn how to block it out, right? So when nobody's yelling, then isn't it really hard to focus? It got to be yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, the USA is not doing that great. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, um, yeah, now COVID, U.S. COVID cases surged by 224% in the last three weeks, according to Damn. the CDC director. Yep. They said that Indian mm. variant makes up 83% of all new infections. So having that wow. conversation on the phone. Kind of int- uh, or on the show is kind of interesting because of the fact that we're surging at 224 percent, and then it and it is mainly the people wow. who are not wow. vaccinated. Right, yeah. I said 99 percent of it are the people that are not vaccinated. Yeah, I. Wow. You know what? I was gonna. I was not gonna say this, but it probably should go get vaccinated. Like <laughs> I <Yeah>. think that <laughs> when, when yeah. Well, see here. Here's the You're thing right. about this. No, here's the thing about this. Again, I I respect it, but at the same time, 
when you can infect somebody else, I would I would feel some kind of way about killing my people. So I even if I don't want to take it and don't Tell and I feel like I'm healthy enough or I'm protected, I feel some kind of way about making somebody else sick. Yep. You know That's the reason so, I went and got oh. it. That's huh? exactly the reason I went and got it. That's the reason I went and got it because I didn't want to kill nobody I was going to be around, man. Yeah, yeah. You know? I don't know what and that I, guilt looks like. Yeah, yeah. And I, I you know, I, I was talking to my brother because, I, you know, I, I did like he did. I went to the, you know. But they, they, he was telling me, like, in, in the black areas, in the black neighborhoods, there was more mm-hmm. white folks in there than black folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they couldn't get it. Like black folks ain't getting it. Let's go over here, right? Yeah, and they wouldn't get it. You know? Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah, I say for the people who are skeptics, don't ever get nothing that they're just giving black people. <laughs> That's a whole other story. <laughs> but outside of yeah. that, you know, what were you what were you gonna say, Jay? I think Jay was gonna get in there. Did, did we miss him? No, I okay. was good. I wasn't going to say anything. I, I was just okay. enjoying the conversation between you two brothers. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, I'm saying because I know that vaccination thing is, is a whole other story, but I, did, I didn't well, want to well, say that know, on uh, is, Well, but Sean, you know, it's interesting when Jackie said that. I don't remember. Do you even recall her even saying on the show she wasn't going to get vaccinated? It was a surprise to me. Yeah. It was a pleasant oh, that surprise. What it, was? it was surprising. Uh-huh. It was because it's like. But I love the way you framed that, man. I, you know, I can't read all these comments on the air, but there was someone. Uh, that, oh, look at this. Momo Beast trying to get in here. I don't know, Jerome. You okay? But I read some comments. People are still sending comments in after the show. And people, I mean, it's the way you said about, hey, listen, you know what? They ain't going to poison themselves. Take your butt over to the white folks. It was like, yep, I'm going. I mean, so it's, it was fascinating <laughs> how that came up. And then that comment you made, they're not going to poison themselves. Just go with the white folks and be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And people saying, good point, Brother Jerome. So, I mean, it's interesting, man. So, do, do you want Momo B to join the festivities? <laughs> well, but let, let me say this first. Like, so what happens, Ray, is that we need to know, and, again, it's why I think it's our responsibility to give out good information and we need to know how our system works. And so since I study that stuff and know a lot of positions that I kind of bounce this stuff off of, that I, I'm just being responsible, right? So since I look at this stuff a little bit differently, I am not going to steer people wrong uh, on purpose for anything. And we need to right. know our bodies, you know, I don't know if you know this generally, but black folks, we have EU melanin, white folks have phaeomelanin, but in EU melanin, uh, it's selenium-based, right? And so it's reflective. So black people are not as susceptible to radiation, for example, and all of these other things that other people are susceptible to. So once you realize that we are not recessive, like our DNA strand is not recessive, it takes a lot more to hurt our bodies than it does other people on this planet. And so when you are doing the same things that they're doing, um, if something is going to affect them, it is going to affect them worse. So if I was just being reasonable, I would say that if they are doing something that's not hurting their body, then technically it probably won't hurt me. That's just reasonable deduction. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other areas that is complete opposite. The, you know, the meat stuff, right? And don't mean to be disgusting and run off to all your white listeners, but 
white folks have like more like parasites in their body too so they break down food a little bit differently and this is not me talking you can go look this stuff stuff up nature journal um does a lot of scientific um a lot of scientific inquiry and studies and i read a lot of that stuff so we know that breaking down meat in black people's bodies we probably should not eat a lot of meat Cut it, cut it out. But we know black, white folks will eat raw food like nobody's business, and it does not affect mm-hmm. them the same, right? But we, but there's a reason why. So anytime we have good information, I think it's better that black folks actually do news and we put out things that is going to be a little bit more like catered to our understanding of what life is. So not saying that. You know, white folks are just mutations of us as well. So it's not that what works for our body won't work for theirs. It really will. But at the same time, we need to be conscious about things that adversely affect black people and um, and be able to speak about them. That's all I'm saying. And, and, if, and if you have a problem with that, then technically that would be your problem. So when people say things like, why is it that I'm not hearing this on regular television just ask yourself the, a question. If it does not help them, why would they say it? That's just a reasonable <laughs> assertion. You're going to have to ask somebody wow. else. You can't ask me because I'm reading from the same news feeds that they're reading from. It's not that that, mm. that information is hitting. I, I just, you know, go through a lot more of that stuff. So anyway, yeah, so it, it's actually a perspective, and that's why usually in doing shows, especially in doing news, I usually take it serious in the stories that I report because I know that there's a lot of things that are missing throughout the week that we don't get, and we really need to have a perspective that helps us understand some of this stuff. So when black people come out and blindly tell black other black folks, just go get the shot, you being stupid, that is stupid to say. Don't ever believe anybody black who tells you to just blindly go do something. I can tell you why I said that it might be better for you to do it, but blindly doing that, don't, because we're always manipulated media-wise by telling black people they're stupid and you should just do what white folks do. Don't do that, right? So, yeah. So, so, yeah. And so, even when you were having that conversation with Jack, I, I didn't want all the people who are listening to feel like everybody's dumping on them because they're being stupid. Because if you remember some of the earlier shows when the vaccine first came out, I was the first one to say I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I was I was the first one, yeah. right? Yeah. But we we've, we've yeah. been what almost a year and a half into that vaccine, and if it ain't massively kill off people, we know that that the coronavirus yeah. is even if you get it, people are getting enlarged hearts, people are having brain um, aneurysm stuff like they're dehydrated. Do not oh by the way, if you get a shot, make sure you are hydrated. That is more important than anything else. Start a couple of days before, and as soon as you get the shot, drink a ton of water until it keeps making you go to the bathroom. Drink about a gallon of water a day and flush it out of your system, and you probably won't have any side effects, but you need to flush it out of your system. But just like everything, how a common cold works, cold works, if um, you don't have something introduced to your body, your body won't fight it off. So don't look at it as, you know that your body is not perfect and it cannot build up antibodies. It will, but you need to, not being exposed to something can be just as bad as being exposed to it. You know, so. 
crazy. Yeah. So, so anyway, I just wanted to make sure I was clear on that. If anybody has any questions about this, really, send send an email, like send something to Jay. I will really answer it. Or if I don't know the answer, I can get you to an herbalist or a physician. I can get that answer to a question like that. So if you have any questions, please ask. I'm not telling everybody right. that they have to get vaccinated, but you know what your risk categories are, and you know when you're around seniors and when you're around young people. Anybody who's vulnerable with anything, you can transmit to them. So I'm not killing off nobody in my family. It ain't going to happen. That's true. You know, yeah. You know, yep. All right. That's good information, yep. man. And for your reward, uh, for that good information, I think it's time for you uh, to uh, entertain someone else at this point, Jerome, but it's your show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, Momo, Momo had a question? Hey, uh, yeah, well, let's see. Well, hello, Momo BZ in the easy. You're on with Jerome, uh, Mr. Elias, and Jay. How may we help you today? <laughs> Yay! Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Sunday to all of you. I miss you guys. Jerome, hello. Mr. L to the E to the S. Love you both. And Jay Riles. Love you too, Always, sweetie. always on time. What I wanted to comment on, which is when I hit the bun, I, when we talk about my boy Biz Marquee and the songs, I'm like, wait a minute, they forgetting. They forgetting. <laughs> I didn't know they that. It's Mark. <laughs> Nobody beats Biz. I thought, Jay, you could be a DJ and all this crap. I thought in the back of my head. I said, what about <laughs> what about my statement? Nobody beats the Biz. Nobody beats the yes. Biz. See? Nobody beats the Biz. Nobody beats the Biz. That was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, I, I was gonna say here's my bad. For months. <laughs> you was what? I was blocked up for months, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that team was harsh. <laughs> Yeah, yes, you know we think. we still have That's surplus right. government fees. You know we still stock that really? stuff. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot that. of stuff that we stock surplus. Yeah, cheese is one of them. You know what's a what's a good show? If you guys ever get to watch it, it is Food That Built America, right on the History Channel, and Bro. it talks about after the war. The government figured out all these different ways to process cheese, process stuff. Like, that's what Chick McNuggets and all that stuff. That was government figuring out how to make food for the military. So they had this surplus cheese, like they this dehydrated cheese that after the war, they needed to dump it, like get rid of it. So the Fritos guy, the guy who owned Fritos back in the days, because it was before Lay's and Fritos merged, he, um, he ended up cutting a deal with them and they gave them all this powdered cheese and it's where we get like um, cheese puffs and Cheetos from. Yeah. It's like they put that powdered really? cheese, that's government cheese, that's that hard cheese that you were eating that fucked you up, that is government <laughs> cheese. Isn't really? that weird? Wow. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all of that stuff, man. They keep, we keep stockpiles of that. That's why nobody should really be going hungry in this in this country because we have in storage. Like right. if it if it like we had a year that we didn't have crops, we can still probably feed everybody in this country for a couple of years. That's how much surplus really? we have. Yeah, that, but I, that means they're holding on to it. They don't want to uh, give it to the right people. That's that's a damn right. thing, man. Every that's a they damn thing. did that. They do that to to um to give the farmers subsidies. They let the farmers make all of this surplus food and the government just takes it and stores it to keep the prices up for things like milk and all that other stuff. That's why the markets suck, right? There's something artificial about the markets. And that's why every time the markets go up and down and I hear people talk about, oh my 401k and all that nonsense, that stuff is garbage anyway. They're just playing. You know, wow. their gas prices go up because they're betting on futures. It's like, they are actually controlling how much oil they pump, so they're controlling the price. So they stop pumping, they make the price go up. They give a surplus, the price goes down. They're playing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So stop buying into that nonsense. It ain't that crucial. All right. So, you know, I actually, um, that's a good show. It's called The Food That Built America. Now, um, life expectancy in the U.S. fell by 1.5 years in 2020. It's the biggest drop since World War II. So it, it fell from 78.8 years in 2019 to 77.3 years in 2020, according to the CDC. And um, they said that's the biggest drop since life expectancy fell um, by 2.9 years in World War II. Wow. Um, yeah, since uh, a world war. All right, um, the United Arab Am- Jeez, I can't even say it. The United Arab Emirates is creating its own rain um, by using the drones to fly in the crowd into clouds, and it unleashed an electric an electrical charge to beat this 122 degree degree heat that they had. So I don't know if you saw this, oh. but there's yeah. actual a YouTube like it's on YouTube. You can see this. They flew a drone into a cloud, 
and what they said is that it gives the crowd the cloud an electrical shock um, to to make them clump together and it produced rain and it was like torrential rain it was not like a little bit it really down it was bad Mm. yeah Mm. so the the uae natural national center of meteorology said that the the, um, precipitation has been enhanced by a technique known as cloud seeding and its purpose is to increase condensation and hope that it might trigger downpours and it actually did now, I don't know if you remember this, from um, Dick Gregory and Prince talked about the fact that we still, um, um, what, what is it called, where their planes are flying above doing um, whatever they're putting into the atmosphere. They put metals and stuff in there, and um, they're still doing that. In any major city, if you see some planes leaving a vapor trail, planes don't leave vapor trails. Yeah. So yeah, they're actually, yeah, yeah, they're actually putting metals in the air. So when it rains, it's raining down on these communities. We don't know why they still do it, but I forgot hmm. what the excuse was of why they do it. But it, it's, um, I I can't even remember what it's called. I don't know why I drew a giant, drawn a blank to it. But um, yeah, Prince talked about that pretty bad, and um, and Dick Gregory, because it's making people violent. Hmm. They do it over black community. They do it in urban areas a lot. So when you look up and you see those trails from planes, remember, they're actually spraying something in the air. That is not, planes don't leave vapor. Hmm. So that's why that's why we don't trust people who want to get shots either, by the way. Because yeah. <laughs> they still do that. Uh, wow. I'll have to remember what it is. Um Chemtrails. They do chemical trails is what it is. They they still spray mm. chemtrails amongst urban cities all over the place. But so when you go outside and you see this long line, just know that that's technically a chemtrail. Wow. All right. Now, Johnson & Johnson is looking to move its liabilities from baby powder asbestos lawsuits <laughs> to a separate company, <laughs> which they will okay. then file for bankruptcy. They're trying to avoid a $2 billion payout. So mm. they want to offload their liabilities from their baby powder. Now, who would mm. have ever thought that Johnson & Johnson baby powder was actually um, asbestos? Like, who would have thought that? <laughs> wow. So if black people really? said that back in the day, they'd be like, you crazy. I'm putting that on to keep my baby dry. Like, we would have just fought mm-hmm. until that. Now they got sued, yeah. right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they got, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So stop thinking people are crazy when they tell you to stop doing stuff. <laughs> because technically, we do have news stories that said that they are actually doing it. Now, four, four healthcare giants, Johnson & Johnson, including Johnson & Johnson, reached a $26 billion deal to end opioid lawsuits in the second biggest cash settlement in history. So under this settlement proposal, um, McKinnison... Um, Corp, Cardinal Health, Ameristorce, Bergen Corp, and Johnson & Johnson are to pay a combined, well, the three of them are paying a combined $21 billion, while Johnson & Johnson is paying $5 billion. Mm. So they're essentially wow. splitting $7 billion, and then Johnson is playing 5 Again, mm. they knew what they were doing in the opioid. They were just making money and did not care. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. Now, so 
um, graves of 222 uh, Native American children were discovered in Oregon at a boarding school along with, they called it angelicized names. I don't know what that name tag, which means that they changed the names on the headstone to make them look like they were white people. What? So they said it's making it impossible for the family to locate graves. Yep. Just weeks after the alarming numbers of unmarked indigenous graves graves in Canada was found, a DailyMail.com investigation discovered similar tragedies in Oregon at a grave site that is a part of a Native American boarding school. Now, this boarding school is still in existence, but they found a small Mm. graveyard, and it was a part of the school for indigenous children um, located in Salem, Oregon, and is believed to contain not only unmarked graves, but um, graves marked with white folks' names, not the children's wow. indigenous names. Yeah. So they 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 had they they had pictures of grave markers with Anglo-sounding names like Daniel Boone and James Fleming and Alice Hayes and Frank Howard wow. and like George Benny Rose and Burns. Right? Like they put white people's name on there so that you didn't know that it was those kids. Mm-hmm. Now. Now, this is the oldest continuously operated residential boarding school for Native American students in the U.S., and only one of four off-reservation schools that still exist. It opened in 1880, and it's still open. Mm. Isn't that sick? Wow. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the other schools, in case, you want, in case anybody wants to know, is Sherman Indian School in Riverdale, Riverside, California. Um uh, Philandro Indian School in um, Philandro, South Dakota, and River Indian School, Riverside Indian School in Oklahoma. They still have what they call Indian schools. They're still trying to make Native American people white people. <laughs> They're still doing it. Wow. <laughs> Didn't that tell us something? That's like, really? really? Did not have your own name or it, like language, nothing. White folks are that going to do what they can to try to make you love them more than you love yourself. More <laughs> of that story. Wow. Gee. Mm. All right. So an Israeli spyware, which was used to hack journalists' phone and staff at the Financial Times and CNN and AT, um, plus some Arab royal families and politicians around the world, now, they said that their spyware called Pegasus, um, you know, they said activists and journalists and politicians around the world would spy on using their cell phones malware that was direct, developed mm-hmm. by this Israeli, um, private Israeli firm. Um, and they said the NSO, which is a private firm behind that spyware Pegasus, said that they didn't know anything about it. Okay, so let me get this straight. You create spyware, but you ain't spying on people? I don't think so. There's always a back door. What'd you say? I heard about this, and it, this is like they could just get into your phone, and and they don't care what kind of stuff you got to block their phone, and they can get they can get all your personal information, and it, and then it's like it, it's unbelievable. I was like, wow. And they yeah. they, they say you have all kinds of systems on there to block it. But they can listen to your phone calls. They can listen. To your, they can see your text messages. They can see your pictures. They can see all your 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 your, your chats with people. Everything. It's yeah. crazy. 
Yeah, they don't even have to wait for your phone to be on. So they can actually turn your what? mic on. They can turn your camera mm-hmm. on and look at download all your pictures. They can do all of that stuff. And unlike the other spyware where you have to click on something and it gives you access to it gives them access to your system, they don't even need to do mm-hmm. that. You don't even need to click on anything. Mm-mm. Nope, yeah. you don't. Yeah, I like to remind people how the internet works, and the internet kind of works the same same way, right? The internet is a government pipe, the way the internet is created, and it has three sections to the internet. There's one that's totally private, there's one that belongs to the military, uh, and there's one that's semi-private. So if you created that, wouldn't you be able to track all the data that's going across it, no matter if it's encrypted or not? So the Uh government sees that because they're government pipes that it goes through. It's like all phone calls get recorded. And they've been recording them since since Alexander Graham Bell put it in because it goes through a switchboard. So it goes through mainframes, which starts to record the calls. No matter how you route your calls, they are going to the main hub. So if you have Verizon or AT&T, your call goes to Verizon's hub and then goes out to somebody else. But it goes someplace before – it doesn't go just from your house to somebody else's house. It goes through a switch. So I think that just even understanding how technology works will tell you that your technology is never going to be private. Right? Because it's going to go through somebody's system at some point. Mm-hmm. So, yep. But I don't know how that spyware works, but apparently it's really good. <laughs> so there's yeah, nothing private about the spyware. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I don't know if you if you saw this as well. Like Alabama's quarterback Bryce Young, who's 19, he nears a one million dollar mm-hmm. endorsement since the NCAA yep. changed their rules. Yeah. So Coach Nick mm-hmm. Saban claimed that the redshirt freshman still hasn't started a game, but what appears to be a reference to him on that Nick Saban said that. Um, he he had a conversation said that our quarterback has nearly signed one million dollars in scholarship deals, mm-hmm. and I can tell you one of the players at one of the universities over here has a has a um, a deal to put his face on a box of cereal already. I was like, these kids are going to start profiting. You know, it's the white kids first though, which is really weird to me. It's like they like they're like they're getting more, just like in the real world. They're going to play them, pay them more for their endorsement deals, and the black kids are still, I mean, they're going to make some money, but I guarantee you, if you don't look like Tom Brady, you ain't getting that money. Yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised that the, uh, that the court system said that they could make money, and I thought to myself, wow. Yeah, they, they and, and some of them people are starting to capitalize off the YouTubers, all this other stuff, man. They're getting paid. And I'm like, good for them. Good for them. I'm happy well, for them. Well, you cannot use somebody's name and likeness and then tell them that they can't use it. That's a bad record deal if I ever see one. That's why Prince changed his name, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's like once you see yeah. your name, you can't use your own name? They're like, nope, mm. you can't. No. The record company owns your name and your signature. They don't just own your mm. name. They own your signature, too. Wow. So, wow. yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. So, I, I don't know the answer to the question, but I still say that people should not be able to own your name. And I think you you sure. can name anything your name. Like at the 
in the food that built America, they talked about the two Kellogg's brothers, right, where John Kellogg really didn't like William Kellogg. John Kellogg was this, was this bright physician, and people would come from all across the country to this hospital that they had in Battle Creek, Michigan, right? But William Kellogg worked kind of in the kitchen, like he, and, and John Kellogg kind of berated him. You're not that smart and blah, blah, so it was, yeah, it was William Kellogg who wanted to sell it, make cereal. John Kellogg created the granola stuff, and one of the patients put, like, he put milk on it for some reason. He was like, we should sell this as a breakfast, because there was no such thing as breakfast at that time. And he went ahead and, and did that, and when he approached his brother John to sell it, his brother John called him stupid, and you'll never amount to anything. Didn't like him. <laughs> and then once William Kellogg started selling it, John Kellogg got mad at him. He said, you're profiting off of my name. And then he well, sued well, him. You didn't want it. You asked, you know, you asked well, you, did you want anything of it? Yeah. yeah. And, and John Kellogg even created his own Kellogg at the same time to create with his brothers. But it was they said it was not... They said it was more disgusting. Like it, John Kellogg didn't like sugar. Like he knew that that was a part of people's illness, so he wouldn't put any mm-hmm. sugar in anything. And John and William Kellogg cereal tastes better, so he had to sue his brother to stop making a Kellogg cornflake because it was taken away from <laughs> people. Didn't know which one was which. Wow. And of course, William Kellogg won. That's why on the boxes now it always says William Kellogg because you cannot stop somebody from using their own name. And he bought the rights from John Kellogg, too, mind you. And his brother was that mean that he was like, I don't care if you bought it from me. I'm, I'm making Kellogg's cornflakes myself. Mm. So anyway, yeah. That, the great success story of William Kellogg, who everybody thought was just the, uh, well, who his brother didn't think was smart. He created this mm. billion-dollar industry. And, you know, again, C.W. <laughs> Post, who was actually in that hospital, stole um, – the formula for the for their cereal, and went back mm-hmm. to um, went back to New York and created grape nuts. <laughs> so CW really? started with Kellogg's. Yeah, that's why they got pissed because they were like, mm. "We are not even selling cereal." And CW Post went and, and um, started making cereal. Really? Yeah, yeah. And mm. and again, it's an interesting show. It's called "The Food That Built America," and um, I cannot remember her name. But C.W. Post's daughter is the first person, like in a big conglomerate way, she is the first person to um, start going up um, to put refrigerations into grocery stores because she heard about Mm. this guy Clarence Birdseye, and she went up and met him, and he was flash-freezing vegetables when nobody in the world had refrigerators. They're like, why would you flash-freeze vegetables? People could just go to their local farm and get vegetables. So mm-hmm. the post girl, the post woman, goes in there. She was brilliant. She was 32. Remember, women couldn't even vote back then. And they were trying to kick her off the board, and she just went to Clarence Birdseye and said, hey, you know what? I want to buy everything, a million dollars, and you can work for me. And she mm-hmm. bought that and the patents from him. And Birdseye, still till the day, has one-third of the world's fr- um, frozen food, frozen vegetable stuff mm-hmm. goes through Birdseye. Goes through post, really? you know, CW post. So anyway, it's interesting and in, and in how um, you know people sell stuff and how that works. But to watch these athletes go ahead and start to be able to use their own names 
shoot, um, Kristen Leitner would have been a billionaire. He sucked in the yeah. pros. <laughs> he would have made his money in college. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, right. One hundred percent right about that. Right. So great college athletes don't mean you're a good pro athlete, but why wouldn't you be able to make money when you're a college athlete? You see, right. it's you. So hmm. yeah. Because Leitner sucks yeah. just like Danny Ferry, but that's a whole other story. I ain't gonna go off on Duke today. <laughs> now, an Alabama sheriff is accused of uh, calling uh, a, of calling assistance from a um, from a casino, right, and asking her to wire money from a jail from a jail safe, and um, he actually went back to the casino and spent that money. What? He got it from a jailhouse safe. Um, so he was charged with uh, corruption and stealing $29,000 of, of inmate money. So th- this Limestone County Sheriff, this guy Mike Blakely, has been charged with 11 counts of theft and abuse of um, and abuse after allegedly borrowing. Now he said he wanted to borrow it. Borrowed $29,050 from the jailhouse um, money over a period of three years. Wow. So, yeah, you can actually, it, when you're in jail, the inmates are accumulating money and they keep commentary. And so the guy ended up sending it. He's like, forget <laughs> them food. <laughs> he, they can't use this. <laughs> I feel hot on the table. <laughs> like he, was like, he was at the casino and uh, he was like, I got this. Four, three. And uh, he, he wow. just couldn't make it. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Man, now, um, now a woman who is 31 revealed that her father. Her, she reveals her father named her after his mistress, so he wouldn't get busted oh cheating if he accidentally called uh, <laughs> called her name in front of his wife. So this woman, Christina Fletcher, 31, from Crescentwood, Kentucky, shared that story and mocked her own name. Because her father named her after his mistress. Wow. I don't know if, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Somebody wow. should be mad. Wow. Wow. Uh, and wow. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that that is always a problem with uh your daddy can't keep names straight. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. like, no, who, who child is you? Like that's his problem. <laughs> Uh, okay, now, I don't know why we're having so many Alabama stories, but an Alabama high school teacher who's 47 who claimed that it was her constitutional right to have sex with her students was jailed for only 18 months after her student lover left to her defense in court. Like, he's still 18. He's like, I love her. It's like, of course you do. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You 18. You don't know what that is. But the former wow. Alabama. She, now, she was a cheerleading coach, by the way. Carrie Witt is what her name is. She mm. was sentenced to, uh, on, on July 1st, to 10 years for sex with a student. But they are only going to give her 18 months. They said Man, months, both of her will be served on probation. They gave her 10 years, but I, they're going to give her probation. I, I, that's why when you said 10 years, I was like, damn, was she a sister? And then when you read on, I was like, okay, she was white. 18 months is all she has to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mm-hmm. was like, okay. Yeah, yeah, we, we can tell this one. 
Mm-hmm. Now, now, a Texas woman has been sentenced to probation instead of prison um, and can see her convincing her conviction expunged after she admitting to having a sexual sexually assaulting a 15 year old boy. So she's 31 from Robinson, Texas. She pled guilty and made a second degree felony sexual relationship with a child and in, in exchange for a recommendation from the McLennan County um, prosecutor that she be placed on deferred probation. Mm. So the judge, Susan Kelly, approved the plea deal and sentenced um, Amanda Bush to deferred probation for 10 years. You know, I should have been playing black or white on this one, shouldn't I? <laughs> really? really. <laughs> they give you 10 years to say, hey, we're just going to give you deferred probation. You good. Mm-hmm. So, She's white. Unlikely She's white. in a regular probation, you know, they're saying where the judge finds somebody, the defendant guilty, and sentences her and then suspends the, um, the sentence. In a, uh, a deferred probation, the judge delays the conviction if the defendant successfully successfully complies with the terms of the probation. The charges are dismissed, and the conviction mm. and the conviction is expunged. So when you get deferred probation, they're saying if you are quiet for two weeks, your conviction is thrown out, and it's expunged. Mm. See. I think they make up new rules for white folks when something happens. That's <laughs> like, yeah, we went through the trial, we convicted her to 10 years. And then everybody goes, yay, right? And she goes off and stays, like, out of trouble for two weeks, and then they get throw out her conviction. Mm. This is why wow. on his last show I yelled about the Cosby stuff. They, because the Supreme Court ruled that he shouldn't even been in court, which means he wasn't even convicted. But everybody and their mothers went around like, I still feel like he did it. I don't care. He was never convicted of anything now. Right? It was expunged. It's done. It's gone. Cosby don't have no record. And he spent time in jail and he don't have no record because they were wrong for putting him in there. But this case, that woman admitted and she was guilty and they're still going to expunge her record. (laughs) Again, there's there's two justice systems. Very obvious, right? Yes, that's for sure. We got one, they got one. Yep. Now, um, a New Jersey man is charged with harassment for yelling racial slurs and spitting on on his black neighbor. As a crowd of protesters gathered outside his home later on, this guy, Edward Matthews, um, 45, was charged with harassment and bias intimidation after he was filmed in an angry conversation with his black neighbors. I'm I'm going to say this. Right? <laughs> spitting on somebody is bad, mm-hmm. just like generally. But spitting on a black person, um, I can care about our person, but somebody need their ass whooped. Like, seriously. Yeah. You spit on somebody yeah. black. Don't think that black people normally take that because you're being filmed. Somebody's going to beat you down. Or you're going to get killed for spitting on somebody black. Black people don't play that, seriously. So, oh, yeah. you it, need to it, know the culture. Co- <laughs> if this is the one I'm thinking about, this is the guy where they, uh, the police had to escort him out the house, man. And, uh, yeah. Man, yeah, man, there was they, like they, 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 outside. Yeah, because yeah, he told them, say, this is where I live. Come see me if you want to see me. And they came and seen him. And he, boy, he mm-hmm. regretted that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that yeah. one. Yeah, they, they, they broke his windows out and then all kind of stuff to his house. <laughs> right, they, right, because his arrogance was, if you come see me, right? People mm-hmm. don't play that. And I don't know what they think this right. is, but... 
you cannot go spitting on people that's pretty nasty. And we're in a pandemic now, right? Right. You can't just go right. doing that. That's a stunt. That is a stunt. Right yeah. Well, remember there was that woman who was in a bakery, and she spit at someone, and they came yeah. and arrested her because but not. I mean, if we weren't in a pandemic, you get your butt whooped. But we're in a pandemic, mm. and she's saying, I don't care that I'm not ma- wearing a mask, and she spit at someone. Yeah. Mm. Now, now um, Trump's dentist friend and golf buddy, who once addressed them in a note as Dear King, is charged with groping a female patient and then offering her free dental care for life. <laughs> so this guy, <laughs> Albert... <laughs> has oh, Zuri. He's a Scranton dentist and uh, golfs with Donald Trump all the time. He's been charged with indecent assault and harassment in, involving a female patient who who he allegedly groped in May. Isn't that mm. weird that Trump has all of these daggone criminal friends and like mm. amoral people around him, but people think that he can still be president? Like oh, that's yeah. They didn't come in love. Yeah, it's because they're amoral. That's the problem. Yeah. Like yeah, again. Uh huh. One guy on my Facebook page. This guy is always talking about how how the votes are. And this all. I said, man, shut up, Snowflake. He lost. Just count the votes. <laughs> I said, now you're going back through, and now y'all doing a ninja vote, this vote, that vote. I said, stop being a snowflake. He lost. Hey, I said, I said, I said, if he, if he didn't, if he didn't lose, I said, why, why are y'all not complaining about all the other Republicans that won on the same ballot? Oh, right. It, it, again, shut up. <laughs> it tells us the pathology of people is that regardless if they won or lost, they want, they want to win, right? Mm-hmm. So they will do anything that it takes to win. And again, you know, when we say white folks, I don't mean to. To qualify this, we're talking about the the um, pathology of everybody collectively. Individually, you can be a good soul. Nobody's talking about you. But if that's what you hear, you are part of the problem too. Right? Mm-hmm. We need to see from our perspective that the people who are protecting those folks who are being immoral and who are doing all of this weird stuff, you are part of the problem. So if you're probably listening to the show, you're probably not a part of the problem. Because people would have tuned out when they heard us <laughs> laugh at them the first time. Yeah. White folks get mad when you laugh at the amoral behavior. You're like, what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. You know. So, you know, pe- people do some weird stuff, right? So, like a That's surrogate cool. who, yeah, who bored a baby for a married couple, launched into a legal battle for joint custody of the child because she had an affair with the father. So she was a surrogate. She sleeps with the guy, and now she's going back and suing him for joint custody because she wanted to keep the man. So mm. the woman identified, and this was in Canada, she was identified in court documents only as her initials, so I'm not going to say them, says that she was having an affair with the man but offered to serve as their surrogate to help him um, support his marriage, but now she wants custody of the baby. Wow. Well, technically, you weren't supporting the marriage when you were sleeping with that fool to begin with, for one. But that's just me. I, again, I'm not against this, but since we have no women on the on the show right now, Jay's Jay's notes are going to be um <laughs> are going to be crazy because of us Blood laughing up. at this. But, hey, mm. we don't care. I'm just telling you from a guy's perspective. 
she was crazy for sleeping with that fool. Yeah. That's all I wanted. That's where I wanted to put that. Now, the parents of a of a child called Alexa is urging Amazon to change their name of their personal assistant because their daughter is being bullied. <laughs> wow. When, they said with relentless jokes at school. So the parents of this uh, in the U.S. and the U.K. are calling for Amazon to reconsider its personal assistant's name and with a move uh, meant that Alexa is human amongst um, their call. Right, they're just saying that's their, I guess, their slogan. Alexa is human, among their initiatives for lobbying things. Now, here's the thing: Do your child have a middle middle name? Well, be black and really? call your child by the thing. That's all I was saying. Really? Now, right. now Alexa's been on for years, man. I mean, right. you know, Come on now. Right, Stop. and now they're like, people are people are calling Alexa, asking her questions. Well, make her smarter. But I can't tell you that they're going to today. <laughs> It's, wow! It's, it's like uh, what's the other one? What is it? Siri? Is the other one? Siri? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. yeah. People name their kids mm-hmm. Siri. So, what you want them to? Yeah, Tom Cruise and what's name? Them they, yeah, Tom Cruise and uh, what's the name? Name their child Siri. Oh, that's Siri. right. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So, all right. I want you to take this with a grain of salt and do not write J on this one. But if your child name is Alexa. Right? Have her just start lying. They'd be like, you know, Alexa, how far is it from the sun to the moon? You'd be like about 300 yards. Like, just have her just answer the question. (laughs) You don't have to be right. You need to stop asking her. Alexa don't know everything. You know. So they need to have fun with it instead of, like, feeling like she's being bullied and harassed. They're asking her questions. Just let them ask them. That's just me. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. All right, so in my last news story, I just want to say that um, there was a survey of more than 900 Americans that if they could take a pill to be um, immortal, would they do it? So how many would you say said yes, that they would like to take a pill to be immortal? And, I'd say 90%. And mind you, wait, but no. Okay, so I'm not going to play black or white, but that would make a really big difference in this case. Yeah. <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. But no, they didn't tell us whether they were black or white. But what would you what would you think? How many said yes, and how many de- declined? I, I would say ninety percent of them said it. Yeah, that that they would want to be immortal. A lot of people don't want to die. You know. Mhm. Yeah, a lot of people don't want to die, but they act like they won't die, right? So you are taking mm-hmm. drugs and doing whatever, but you act like you won't die. Mm-hmm. All right. So the answer mm-hmm. is. Thirty-three percent said yes that they would take the pill, and forty-two percent really? said no. Yeah, isn't that surprising? Twenty-five percent said that they were unsure. But oh, yeah. here's how this goes: more men said they would take it than women. What? Isn't that yeah, weird? Nah, right. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> right. More Mm-mm. men was like, "I ain't taking that," because men can be really uh really foul, and they just want to go through with like impunity. Like they're like, "Hey." <laughs> if I'm rich, I can just tear this piece up. And women are yeah. like, you yeah. know, mm, I wouldn't want to do this life mm. two and three times. I ain't gonna do it. You know, no. I, would, I used to, I used to always say that too. I would not, you know, with movies like Peggy Sue got married in those movies where people would go back to high school. I'm like, I wouldn't do that. That that was no. dicey during the time I was there. You're not lying there, brother. 
my name could have been Alexa. I could have got bullied. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. Yeah, my man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know we were probably down to a minute, so, you know. Yeah, I we will just there and there. Yep. All right, so I'll just say peace out to everybody and see everybody next week, and I will get with you. All right, brother. Have a good one. All right, you too.